Welcome, Highfalutin Ski Bum Podcast, episode number 209, Lockdown Ooh. in Quarantine. It is your on, pals, Mario and Brian. Lockdown. <laughs> What's up, man? How much? Like you said, this is like on lockdown. This is like a new phase of, uh, of our podcast, going through lockdown, getting through it. It's part of history. Hopefully, we'll be able to look back at these times and laugh in the future. I'm sure we will be. I'm sure we will. I'm sure, you know, then again, we're the kind of people who can be, have bodies all around us and we'd still have a little bit of a chuckle. But find some humor. That's right. That's all you can do to get through this life, man. It's fine humor and things. Dude, speaking of humor and no humor, I saw Joker last night. I still have not seen it. How was it? It was dark as hell, man. I was like, there was no funny shit to it. I was like, it was a great movie, but it was dark, dark, like, you got to be prepared for it because I, w- I was thinking, I thought I heard it was dark and really well acted, and it was, but I didn't know how dark it was. I was like, wow, but it was, it was good. Yeah. Good movie. It just came on HBO. That's why I was like, oh, I want to watch it. So, oh, it is on HBO. Oh, good. Yeah. I'll the 15th it came out. out. So I was like, oh, let's, forgot to watch this weekend. So I'm still like two episodes of Rick and Morty behind. Oh, I think I'm one episode behind. When did it come out with the new ones? Every Sunday. Yeah, I didn't see this Sunday, so... Oh, I got something to watch. You got something to watch. That's good. Look at you. Good morning, well, good. Getting thank my, you, everybody. My, uh, binging in. <laughs> there you go. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening. Check us out, skibumpodcast.com. If you want to get some cool swag for the summertime, we got some great teas available, skibumpodcast.com slash shop. Please follow us on all the socials. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We are at Ski Bump Podcast. We're also on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, all those happy places. If you could, please subscribe, rate us. We'd really appreciate it. That would help us further spread our message, our love, our content, our podcast. And we need your help. And it takes no effort and costs you no money. So you've got time. You're in lockdown. You're in quarantine. Where are you going? Time to step up. Time to help support the economy that we're trying to build here. We are the small businesses that the big guys are trying to take out. And we ain't getting shit. We don't get any bailout. We're getting no bailout. That's right. We're not We're not Wall Street. Wall Street's not helping us out. No one's helping us out. We're helping ourselves out. We're pulling ourselves up by our bootstraps like goddamn Americans. Like the goddamn people who stormed Normandy Beach. We're storming Stitcher, Spotify iTunes. This is right. our this is our Normandy. This is our D-Day right now. I, I like where you're going with that. I don't know where I'm going with this. You know. <laughs> and but thank and you. with that. <laughs> hey, but thank you so much for listening. We do appreciate it. Mario, let's kick this off the way we always do. It's time for Opre today. Had an interesting pre-opre. Uh interesting few pre-opres. Um and now I've gone to my official opre which i'm drinking again out of one of these nice reitzenhof glasses reitzenhof these things are great so i got a set of like i don't know i got eight or ten of them and they they got really cool uh, artistically done uh drawings on them but yeah i remember and when we used to do the podcast together in person before social distancing we would often use them yes they're really cool a simpler time um, but, uh, I'm going with the, uh, had this before on the podcast, but out of North Carolina, I'm doing wicked weed pernicious IPA. 
So uh, this one they carry down here, and I don't know if they're brewing it. I don't know why we get it down here, but um, it's a pretty good one. Beer Advocate gives it pretty high ratings. Uh, I think it's in the 90-plus range, the mid-90s. And uh, really good IPA. I've had it before. That just that just tastes good. Um, so they gave it a, a oh, where is it? Where is Beer Advocate? I know Untapped has it there. Yeah, they gave it a ninety-four outstanding. Um, it's really good. It's uh, it's hoppy, but not too fruity. Uh, doesn't it's not really too bitter. So it's it's nice and clean and fresh. Um, almost tastes like fresh hopped. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm looking at their tasting notes too. They don't have much other tasting notes on it, but it kind of, um, yeah, this is all hop, uh, but not, not bitterness, which is, which is good. So it's nice, sweet hops that you get out of it. Uh, 7.3%. So packs a punch. And they're in North Carolina. So, hmm. They've been having this for a weed. while, so I keep buying it. Nice. How about you, Brian? So I'm. We're pretty much playing in the same court today. Oh, I have a very similar style IPA. I have a Cane Party Wave, which is also a seven point tour. This is a New England style IPA. Nice. Made from the by the good folks at Kane Brewing Company, where I actually went and picked this up on Saturday. Ooh. Like a goddamn savage, I was out in the real world actually purchasing a product. Nice. Crazy times. So we'll talk about a little bit about the uh, his biking in the main topic today during our interview. But met up with our pal Steve, who was on the podcast last week, to do some mountain biking. After the ride, just like skiing, we like to have our little apres session, you know? But because everything is goddamn closed, you can't go out and have a beer with your buddies. So mm, what did we that's do? That's down there. I actually went that's, out to dinner today. Look and at had you. A, and had a Sapporo beer while eating Thai food. You're a bunch of animals down there in Florida. Hey, that's what we do. We're right in the belly of the beast up here. Right? We're the second hardest hit state in the country. So we're not allowed <laughs> to do that. So what we did, like a bunch of thug life gangsters that we are in Jersey, we went to the Cane Brewery after our ride. And it's funny, if you've ever been to the Cane Brewery in Ocean Township, New Jersey, it is in an industrial park that you would not even realize has a brewery in it. Nice. See, we went into this parking lot and it's got kind of a hill where you drive up into the parking lot and there's where the entrance to the brewery is. Of course, can't go in there because of all this crap going on. But they have a tent set up in the corner. There was one car in the lot. And we were like, are they even open? And what's going on? Are they selling? Because I was like, I looked on the website. I'm like, they're open 12 to 5 every day. They're selling out of the trunk of a car, right? Dude, it was almost like that. They had a, <laughs> they had a uh, the beer truck with a tent. And they had two people working. One person working the iPad, taking orders. Other person gathering them all up. And putting them on a socially distanced barrel. So you can go and grab them. Oh, they put it down and then you go get it. Yeah. It was crazy, though, because we were there. There was one car. We're like, oh, is it open? We got in line. As soon as we got in line, like 
five cars pulled up behind us. So I was like, well, I guess it was just really good timing. I mean, they were only open like 20 minutes. Imagine we if they there. were cops. They're like, freeze. What are you doing buying beer out? Yeah, how it's against you? the law right now. Yeah. Like goddamn RoboCop. <laughs> anyway, we bought our beers. And I said to Steve, I'm like, dude, I'm like, I want to have a beer now. I don't want to drive home, go home, have a beer there. So I said, we got to find a place to drink these beers. So <laughs> allegedly, perhaps we just drove up to one of these like abandoned industrial park offices Parked our cars, sat on the on the curb, actually six feet apart, and both had a beer. So like a couple like of a hobos, man. like That's a couple it. of hobos enjoying the sun. It was wonderful. That's it. So this beer, just like Mario's, seven point two percent. I think nice. it was a seven three. Now, if you're on Beer Advocate, they're giving this one a ninety goddamn six. Oof, that's a good one. This is a delicious beer. I will say. It now, is that taste, a limited release? I think they've done it. They just do it once in a while. I don't really understand most breweries now. They really... there's so Beer Advocate, they have this one listed as rotating. What do they say there? Um, I guess it must be. Well, I think... It says a veil. Well, Kane is one of the... I mean, I think all of them kind of do this now where they have like two or three or four core beers that they'll always have year round. And they just yeah. kind of roll in and out of other stuff based on availability of ingredients or what they want to make. But this guy, it's got galaxy mosaic Simcoe and Citra hops. So you're getting tons of fruit Ooh. and citrus on the, the nose, tropical fruit. Uh, it's light. It's got a little bit of a, it's, it's got a little bit of sweetness up front and then it's not a bad bitterness, but like a, a mellow bitterness to ease out the sweetness afterwards. Nice. It's just, it, again, if you're into New England IPAs, you like the citrus, this is a, a fantastic beer. Love it. Yeah, so my pre-opre was, I actually have been around the world in my pre-opre. Actually, I did a Sapporo, which is <laughs> Japan. Right, that was with dinner. And then after dinner, uh, Opry dinner was a Peroni. Just hanging out, doing the podcast outline, getting things ready, which is Italy. If only you had a German beer after, you'd have the Axis powers right there. Ah, uh, and I, uh. I had, and then I had a Miller High Life. <laughs> Oof. Out, of, out of the blue, I decided this weekend, I want to have some Miller High Life. I'm going to go back to the, the old school basics. It's goddamn so, Miller time. I got some Miller High Life, uh, and then I had this delicious, pernicious. Um, yeah, so I went around around the world. That's pretty, pretty varied. Japan to Italy to Milwaukee, to North <laughs> Carolina. <laughs> Damn, there's like some people getting their ass kicked there. Some people chilling out. Like there's, I don't know, a lot of stuff going on in my stomach right now. That's pretty bold right now. Well, good luck tonight and tomorrow morning. Tomorrow morning is going to be the test. See, if you had that bidet toilet, you would have no fear right now. <laughs> and Thai food. Thai you were like, food. bring it on, motherfucker. I'm Add ready. Spicy Thai food, too. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Bring in the ruckus. Just set up the dynamite, let the fire, and just... <laughs> Dude, your fucking... Your add-on bidet would have no... <laughs> no chance. Full freaking Harry Carey. Remember that thing? <laughs> Goddamn Thai food was hot. And Thai food is always like I said to the to the lady, I'm like, maybe Mao. She's like, 
Miles, just a little. You want so she talked. She kind of goaded me into getting the the medium. <laughs> He's like, Miles, what are you, little baby? <laughs> little baby, no like spicy food. Yeah, so I got the the medium. I'm like, this is fucking hot. She I knew honey it. dicked you. I goddamn knew it. She honey dicked me. <laughs> she God honey dicked you. <laughs> she got me in there. She's like, I know. Ha ha ha. She's in the back laughing at me. Like, look at that fucking guy eating that hot stuff. His asshole be on fire. <laughs> <laughs> but it was delicious, so I ate it. Dude, Thai food is the goddamn best. And I kept the leftover. Oh, it just sometimes uh, it hits the spot, you know? When does it not hit the spot? Have you ever yeah, gone? It usually I, does. Have you ever ordered Thai food and go, yeah, this didn't hit the spot? Never. No, it never. It always hits the spot. Never. And I had pad thai. Just a regular, nice. How do you pad not? Pad. How do you not it have was pad like thai? this giant bowl, and I was just like, uh, just eating noodles. It was crazy. God damn. Drunken noodles, those are fantastic. Uh, and chicken, and it had chicken and shrimp in it. Uh, uh, it was delicious. I'm getting hungry again. God damn, I'm hungry too. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> what else we got? Of, speaking of hungry, uh, this has nothing to do with being hungry. Hard <laughs> seltzer sales tripled in goddamn 2019. <sighs> as we kind of, we've talked about this at nauseum about how much seltzer is selling these days. But how about those crazy bastards at Molson Coors who are now playing? (laughs) And I think we've talked about this, too. I think we did mention it. Like, we were talking about all the different... We've joked about the Pepsi with the vitamins. Yeah. Well, good old heart seltzer Molson now is coming out with a uh, vitamin C-infused sparkling beverage called Vizzy. Huh. Which cool looking can though, I gotta say. They did good work on the can. It actually it's not it's not bad. It's pretty fun looking, their branding. So they're coming out with this Vizzy, and it is the only seltzer with antioxidant vitamin C. It's healthy for you. <laughs> it's it, AKA it's healthy for you. Pretty much. I mean, you're actually well, well doctor, I've been I've been drinking Vizzy, so <laughs> I must be okay. No, you're still gonna. You're still not helping your diabetes out. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. So they're saying, you know, seltzers are not slowing down. They're continuing to grow even during the coronavirus pandemic. As you look to compete, you have to figure out how can you stand out from the competition. How about throw some goddamn antioxidants and vitamin C into our delicious beverage, officer? I'm just trying to get. My serving daily servings of vitamin C. Yeah. So in April, White Claw had a 56% share of the market, followed by, and I did not realize this, Boston Beer owns Truly. Yeah. Dude, I fucking hate the taste 20%. Truly. It's disgusting. I tried it, and I'm like, oh, it tastes like hand sanitizer. I'm sorry. <laughs> the White Claw. In a bad dude, way. The white claw is in this house. Melanie goes through them like it's going out of style. It has to be the black cherry. She sees another brand, another flavor. Fuck that brand. Not even mango? Nope. She doesn't. Not even mango. I actually bought um it was a twelve pack or a six pack of the Bud Light Seltzer, which is actually not bad. Actually very close to the white claw. But they have a mango in there. Very good. What about the Natty Light? How does that compete? The Natty Light. They they didn't Aloha have Beaches. It Aloha oh, beaches. Uh, what's the what's the other one? The um, Catalina, Catalina Lime, Lime Mixer. Mixer. That one's really good. You got to try those, by the way. I'm probably going to sell out and get them this summer. Oh, they're fine. You get you eh. know what it is. They're great for the summer because you just they're light. You know. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, the Natty Light. Aloha Beaches. Aloha Beaches. What's the other one? The other one is uh, Natter Days. Natter Days, nice. <laughs> it's like a peach and something else. I don't know. That one they don't have often, but the other two they got. But yeah, Bud Light Seltzer is not too bad. And uh, White Claw. Truly, oh, everybody has their own taste, though. This is true. Truly was on sale. We got it. I gave it away to people, and they were like, I don't really like this. I'm like, well, I gave it to you, so you got to drink yeah, it. But it's free, and I like being drunk, so I'm going to drink it. My poor sister like had to choke down like a whole 12-pack of it. Oof. It was horrible. She's, Yeah. Anyway, I don't want to so those, So those are the top two ones. White Claw and Truly are one and two. There's a big gap for third place. Bud Light Seltzer is making the largest strides, taking up 10%. Vizzy, less than half a percent. And then there's a Corona seltzer too, apparently. I had the Corona seltzer. Any it good? is not bad. It's actually pretty good. Hmm. See, I'm I'm trying all the beers out there. Well, the non-beers. You're trying the everything out there. Trying everything. I'm drinking, dude. I just drank a Sapporo and a goddamn <laughs> Miller High Life. Miller High Life. That's like the beer like when you just get out of college and you get a job. You're like, I'm going to buy some good beer now. And you're like, right. Miller High Life. Remember the commercials? You live in the high life now, kid. Live in the you high know? life. Yeah. Damn. And just this weekend, I was like, I'm buying Miller High Life. Look at that. And Melanie's with me. She's like, do you like that beer? Like, I don't really know. <laughs> I don't remember. Find out. Yeah. I've had one or two in my life, but I don't know. So yeah. I, bought, I bought some. So this next story is actually pretty awesome. All right, you want to? I'll let you, know, you take this one because I know you love Zoom meetings, especially Zoom happy hours. Zoom happy hour, goddamn Zoom! Everybody's cool on Zoom, right? Uh, no, nobody's cool on Zoom. God damn it! So this is from the folks at Wired Magazine, and you know this whole lockdown, coronavirus, blah blah blah. People can't go out. People can't go to their old set, old fashioned bars and watering holes they enjoy this person this fine fine person decided to recreate their own favorite pub in vr this is awesome right you will never want to get out of quarantine again why why would you why would you need to yeah there's a company called playlines an augmented reality company combining digital media with location-based live performance it's a bit like Pokemon Go meets Punch Drunk Theater and has been uh, the guy who created it has been a scriptwriter for plenty of VR projects. And they decided that they were going to just take, again, the local watering hole, the local pub and turn it into like a VR game. This is sweet. Yeah. Dude, all you need is this, this game with your VR goggles and a flashlight and there's unlimited <laughs> possibilities. <laughs> And maybe a, and maybe sitting on the bidet toilet. You gotta you have, have to the bidet. move. You could yeah. be there for weeks. They're gonna have to cut you out of your toilet. It's like uh, from seven. You know, got like uh, cloth. <laughs> the guy like his end up. Yeah, you have all like, those guys in one. You have all the sins in one shot. <laughs> That's it. If you can have the window open in your bathroom and have the Grubhub guy like shove your food in that window, oh, you've got all seven great. sins that you've taken care of. Or you may have to tip them extra to come to the bathroom <laughs> to deliver your food. Hey, just put a little ramp or a little conveyor belt in a your little window. Bucket, little bucket that a you bucket, load down. Put the lotion put in the basket. Up. That's you right. Know? Put the money in. Send it down. Put the, put the pizza in the bucket. <laughs> and don't forget the hot sauce. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, so they got this social club VR online multiplayer, which drops you in a high class casino and lets you chew virtual cigars over games of blackjack and roulette. Like so, they're 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 really trying to kind of really cool. take this, you know, take the things that we like to do socially and make them available in VR. Well, this is like SimCity meets VR, but in a non douchey way. Because SimCity jumped the shark and just became like this whole. Well, the whole Sims thing got really weird. Yeah, it became like a whole popular. I don't know. It, it's it became trash pr- pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah, but this, this could uh, be like a second life, second second life. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, this guy actually spent two and a half weeks using the software, going through tutorials, and making this pub. That's pretty cool. He's like, I got time. Yeah, got time, and you got skills. He's like, the whole thing is actually surprisingly convincing. Technology is amazing. I take the helmet off and quietly announce to my girlfriend, I did it. that's awesome she puts on the helmet and promptly tries to put her fist to the wall to test the environment very good she says and then goes on with the rest of her day nice and that was the last time he had a girlfriend yeah seriously right (laughs) 12 hours later oh I missed a bunch of calls yeah there's a whole like uh, he actually has it recorded too the Skihans VR experience Showing him like drinking some some pints. That's awesome. Yeah. I like that though. You know, this is someone who there was a need in the market. For himself. And, <laughs> for himself. <laughs> but you know what? That's the thing. Most of the most needs in this world come for selfish reasons. But think about if we had quarantine in some fashion here and there, right? Like because there's so much like bombardment of stimulus around phones and TV and Instagram and distractions, right? If you were to get people together, put them in a think tank and let them focus on building something, we have some pretty cool stuff. That's what I think out of this whole Corona quarantine, there's going to be some cool things that come out of it. I heard someone talk about, could you imagine if this came out in the nineties? Imagine if it was like, like it was 1990 when this coronavirus came out and you were stuck at home for three months. Yeah. No internet. No internet. No Netflix. No Postmates. No Amazon. There'd be a lot of playing cards and telling jokes. It would be different. And Talking on the phone, watching that one same videotape you have over and over again. Yup. <laughs> watching Coming to America like 97 times. <laughs> watching a lot of news. And you know what? Probably trying to get outside. It would be pretty, pretty rough. But. It would be so different. You yeah. know, like what a difference 30 years makes in terms of all the technology we have. You and you think about great works of art written. Could add that music. This is true. That's the one yeah. cool thing I've noticed is a lot of musicians have like been cranking out like one off, you know, couple, couple singles because they've had time. They're not yeah. touring. They're not out at, you know, doing their shows. They're just home and they can write music and record it. Cause now again, the technology is there where you can just, you don't need to like book studio time and, and pay all this money. You can just record it at home. Yeah. I was it's actually really cool. listening to, um, the radio, uh, what do we call XM this today? It was, uh, one of the EDM channels and they were talking about how they've been having a lot of the, 
uh, EDM festivals for free online, you know, or just, I think they were talking about some, some club thing that somebody did. They were supposed to do a, an opening or a, uh, an unveiling, whatever they call it when they come out with a new record and they dropping wound up doing dropping a new record. And, uh, instead of having a whole big thing at a club, they did something out of their home and it was really cool. A lot of people watched it. So they're actually asking the question, they're like, you know, going forward, would people be willing to pay a few bucks to watch this whole like club scene or festival, you know, cause, cause that would be kind of cool. Right. Uh, think about it. You host a party at your house now and you have your friends over and you got a little festival going. I've seen a bunch of DJs yeah, kind of doing these sets at home that they would, you know, usually be on a stage. That's pretty sweet. 10,000 people. Yeah, you can actually they can get like as trash as they want. <laughs> well, they can. It's cool just seeing, seeing them do what they do. Yeah. Because, you know, a lot of times there's dark and there's lights on, you know, lights are off and they're, you know, they're showing the crowd. You can't really see, but when you actually see them mixing and stuff, it's actually pretty cool to watch. Yeah. I think it's going to lead to a lot of cool stuff. I mean, definitely, like you said, music has been light years, you know, people have been entertained by, by music online. Oh yeah, for sure. So we shall see. But uh, hey, he's he's got a uh, something to sell there. The VR pub, mm-hmm. I'd go to the VR pub. The poop, I would too. Let's get into the Genjula. <laughs> I'll lead out with this. So lead the Genjula is still closed, and there has been a COVID quarantine takeover. So we decided let's have the COVID quarantine takeover in the Genjula since it's quarantine. Look at that. So, uh, first up, we have, since it's filled with a lot of quarantine news, uh, U.S. lockdown protests may have spread virus widely, as cell phone data suggests. So, this report is coming out where they took some cell phone data, and they actually put, put together the cell phone data that Apple and Google and all these companies collaborated in without telling anybody and are gathering your information so I won't get on the soapbox about your personal privacy because there is no such thing uh, if you have a device. But the cell phone location data is suggesting that the demonstrators at anti-lockdown protests, some which have been connected, some of the people which have been connected with COVID cases, are traveling hundreds of miles to events and then coming back home. And they're going to these events and nobody... Like I, I saw this week, I, I noticed like the whole gym people were protesting and, uh, you know, you know, gym workers and people that want to open gyms or whatever. And none of them were wearing any masks or, or anything. There was no social distancing. They were next to each other, chanting and all. And I'm like, yeah, that's not good. And now they're coming out with this little bit of a study that is saying um, this could be helping promote the spread of Corona which is just bad. So they're saying mainly uh, protests in Michigan, Wisconsin, Illinois, Colorado, and Florida um, is where they, they um, where the data was captioned. So it's anonymized, which is what they say. Uh, location data was captured from opt-in cell phone apps and data scientists at the firm uh, vote map used it to determine the movements of devices present at protests in late April and early May in those five states. 
So they created visualizations and then tracked, and there was just like a plume of shit going out. So uh, it's pretty interesting. They could they could look at this a little creepy, but I you know they're they're saying there could be a spreading a bit a larger spreading of coronavirus. Doesn't mean there was or or is, but um, I, I wonder because some of these protesters I see they're not wearing anything. It's like all right. You all have it. Now you're going to go home to your to your families, you know? Uh, yeah, it's... It's kind of the opposite of what they're protesting against. I mean, I get both sides of the argument, but yeah. the fact that you're going out and protesting it just seems a little short-sighted. I understand protesting when they come out. Like, if you're in a state where or an area where it's not a, a big population, you haven't had a, a lot of cases or a lot of deaths... Or whatever, or you don't just don't give a shit and you want to get back to work, right? Um, you go out and protest, but do it in a safe way. I mean, don't be dipshits like and and not, you know, respect the the non-spreading of, of coronavirus. I mean, at least understand what it's about. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I know. We're gonna see more of this, and you know, eventually, it's all gonna. We'll see how it plays out. I think that'll that'll probably sway the next the next wave of protest or non-protest, seeing how this all works for these people. Well, what concerns me is they're saying that the next upswing of Corona cases could theoretically hit in, you know, when the next big flu season comes, which is like fall and winter, and it could fuck up the ski season again. So mm-hmm. I want to not fuck up the ski season. Yes, that's kind of our our whole main objective here. So we'll see how that goes. So another interesting Corona COVID quarantine takeover story here happened from the Bundesliga in Germany. Awesome. The German soccer league. They were the first league to kind of start things back up again this weekend. And most, you know, they played in empty stadiums without spectators, which was interesting. And the, uh, the players were, told not to celebrate too closely, you know, hugging or, or any of that. But what was cool is that, um, the, the Bo, Borussia, Borussia, I forget how they pronounce it. The that team. Borut, I don't know. Borussia. Monchengladbach. They came up with a unique way to support their players in an empty stadium with cardboard cutouts of their fans. Dude, this is a fucking great money-making idea. Yeah. So they had a whole stay-at-home, be-in-the-stands campaign, which encouraged fans to buy cardboard cutouts of themselves for 16.50 British pounds. So, I don't know, what's that roughly, like 30 bucks? Less than 30 bucks U.S. And they were installed at the club stadium ahead of the game, which is taking place this weekend. That's pretty awesome. It is understood there will be more than 8,000 cardboard fans in the ground, and profits from the cutouts will go towards local causes. That is pretty amazing. What's cool about it, though, you know, if you're a player on the field, is that you look up and it looks like just there's a crowd. Yeah. So it looks a little more normal. I think they said they were pumping in crowd noise too to make it feel more like a game. But it that was feel like the playoffs every game. Yeah, that was the creepiest thing about it though. Because, you know, 
I know the uh, the UFC also had an event. Yeah, uh, that same day, that Saturday last week, which had no no attendance either. But in these Bundesliga games, you know, it's usually the singing and the chanting and like the and the players song. hear it because there's a little downtime between you know. The uh, well, when some assholes laying on the ground for two minutes, looking like he got you know exactly. hit by a torpedo, you obviously <laughs> have time to stand around and listen to the cheering and the you right. know, the songs in the crowd. But they said that was the weirdest thing was just hearing the the quiet and that weird pumped in noise. But that's weird. This is a cool solution. So I'm sure I'm sure if it's successful, which I don't know why it wouldn't be at other Dude, stadiums. Sixteen fifty, like even thirty dollars. Bucks. Let's call it thirty bucks. But even if it was fifteen bucks, I'd be like, Are you kidding me? You want thirty you want fifteen bucks now? Really? Come on. Come you got on, over eight thousand people doing it. Do you think in football, like Tom Brady's going to actually give a shit if he sees me in the stands? <laughs> Man, I'm really glad Mario had his his face in the stands down here. That's great. Dude, but you know how super fans are. You know, they got people who say we when they talk about the team yeah. playing. I got to be there, man. Maybe they'll show me on TV. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> the, the reason why they're losing is because I didn't watch the game. I missed three minutes because I had epic diarrhea and my bidet stopped working. <laughs> and I didn't watch the game. And that's why they lost. Like those people exist in droves. So All right, f- for 15 bucks, if they put a little voice thing on there and I could cheer from home and it would be the sound out of my mouth, my fake mouth, that would be kind of cool. That's probably then phase I curse two of this. And say, well, yeah, that's the upgraded, the, yeah. the one that's, you know, 30 pounds. Yeah. But yeah, pretty cool stuff. That's very cool. All right. Uh, next up, I know this is he's he's a he's very close to our heart, Banksy. Busy guy. So Banksy just made a surprisingly earnest painting of a superhero nurse and donated it to a British hospital as a morale booster. So he created this work. Uh, it's definitely Banksy style, and it's going to remain on view at the Southampton General Hospital until this fall, when it will go to auction. So he donated the painting to England's Southampton General Hospital to raise spirits of professionals, medical professionals working there. Um, and it, they said it's an uncharacteristic medium um, for him because he's, you know, a street artist, but he's done similar stuff to that. Um, but it's, you know, pretty cool. It's a young boy playing with a superhero doll dressed as a nurse, complete with a mask, apron, bearing a Red Cross symbol and a cape fluttering behind her. Uh, next to a child, the waste book uh, holds cast-offs, including Spider-Man, Batman figurines, outdated versions of Hooper, uh, superheroes, and um, the note with the deliveries uh, said, titled Game Changer, that read, Thanks for all you're doing. I hope this brightens up the place a bit, even if it's only a black and white. So, uh, it's very cool. It is really cool and kind of out of character for Banksy, which kind of makes it even more cool. Yeah. So they're saying, you know, of course, this could be a another priceless work of art. I think they're still noting the uh, online auction of Banksy's works in late March netted $1.4 million. So uh, that's pretty cool. Wouldn't it be cool to be someone who was rich enough to bid on art? You know, I like the... So, 
I read this book recently. Actually, John recommended it to me. It, it's like a minimalist book, and they talk about having stuff, right? So you actually, that lady, the the joy of what the hell's her name? No, not the. Uh, it wasn't what the a lady. That lady. It's a man, a Japanese man. I forget what the hell's his name. But he, uh, so one of the things he talks about is the more shit you get, the more effort you have to do in maintaining your stuff, right? So then why do you get stuff? Do you get stuff for, you know, the sake of getting stuff or does it define you? Does it make you feel better? Like, you know, you need to have a good relationship with why you get stuff, right? Some people, most people get caught up in just having stuff because it says something about them. And art is one of those things where I wonder if there's a lot of people that that do it just to say, oh, yes, I can afford a Banksy, you know, or does the art mean something to you or does the artist mean something to you, which is why you're getting the art, which I was an art student for a while and I used to have arguments with people because my feeling is if it's ugly, I don't give a shit who painted it. I don't like it and I don't want to see it. It's visually distracting to me. You yeah. know, well, I think you're right because then the whole, the whole reason why some of this art is so expensive is because people say it's expensive and say it's amazing, like these critics. Exactly. Yeah. You know, art for somebody might be, I don't know, a precious moment they had in their life. That was the artistic, you know, something that they that reminds them of that might be the most amazing thing, but. Somebody else, they'll argue that, oh, no, it depicts the struggle of something that means a lot to me. It's great. It's so subjective that it works either way. But when people collect art, I wonder, is it to feed their ego? Like, does it def- is it to define them or is it part of them? Like, And I, I think, you know, I bring up this book because they talk about you look at everything in your house, right? Everything around you. If it doesn't bring you joy... Why do you have it around? Right? That's I mean, true. there's utility, utilitarian uses for some stuff, but a lot of stuff you have for potential utilitarian use, but do you really need it around? Right? My bidet brings me joy. Exactly. You're happy about your bidet, right? Happy but I'm sure there's bidet. a trinket or a vase or some stupid little thing that you're like, ah, eh, it's just there. I'm not going to take it down, right? Make you happy? No, I can give a shit if it's there or not, but it's there in your house every day. I think, yeah, most stuff in my house, I really don't care if it was gone tomorrow. It really wouldn't mean that much. Yeah. And then you start thinking about, like, if you lost everything tomorrow, like a fire came and just ripped through and burnt everything up, what's the important shit that you would save or want to have, right? The bidet. The bidet. The (laughs) toilet and the bidet and the maybe the... My skis, my skis, (laughs) my boots... Yeah, you start thinking about stuff like that, and then you realize what's really important. And all the yeah. other stuff is just shit all that's just in your stuff. house. Yeah, it's all just stuff here. So even before I read the book, I, I went on this tirade of just, I've been selling shit on Facebook Marketplace and eBay because I'm like, all the um, Goodwill is closed. So I'm like, all right, what do I have that I was going to give to Goodwill that actually people would want? So I've been selling a whole bunch of stuff. I made like 300 bucks in like two weeks. I'm looking at a fondue pot right now. Boom. If anyone wants a fondue pot, skibumpodcast at gmail.com. Marketplace, man. 10 bucks. (laughs) Blink, blink. Fondue. 
All right. Yeah. So it's called Goodbye Things by Fumio Sasaki. Goodbye Things. Yeah. It was really good. It was a short book. I think I, I was painting and doing some stuff around the house while uh while listening to it. I, I think I you know, one and a half speed you do it in like a day. Not even new Japanese minimalism. Nice. Yeah. And it makes sense. You know, it's kind of cool. I'm, I mean, you know, it's not for everybody and people love their stuff and people have emotional reasons why they have stuff. So, but it actually talks a, a little bit about that, you know, working through some of that. And I don't know, I know some people, uh, family members that are hoarders and I'm like, you have too much shit. Like, why don't you get, oh, well, there's always an excuse, you know? Yep. So. No, I hear that. I need to clear out crap. This whole desk, this whole, I have to redesign and re uh, retool this whole podcast space here because it's not just going to be my podcast space. It's going to soon be my office because my office will soon become a nursery because that's ah, what's going down. That's good. In my life. It's good. See? That's Good. more important than all the other shit you got in there, right? A million percent. It's all just a bunch. Of, it's a bunch of crap in the closet in that room that's been there since we moved in three years ago. Yeah, you don't have I've space for those twelve Picassos to put up. So why the fuck do you have them, right? I have all my Banksies. I bought the one that got shredded, of course, because yeah. that one's See? awesome. Of yeah. course, yeah. that you got your Van Goghs. You got all your shit in there, and it's like they're in a closet. They're not even seen. So why do you even have them? It's just disgraceful. I'd rather hang up pictures of free trail maps which i have up all over the wall oh there you go trail that's art there's an artist that's that drew art. this right james kneehouse yeah exactly yeah all right so we got one more quick corona takeover story and this will lead us perfectly into the ski news new hampshire high school plans ski lift graduation nice so this is for the uh for the kids at Kennett High School, uh, it is in Conway, New Hampshire, and the school is planning on graduating on chairlifts at the base of Cranmore Mountain to keep I everyone think that's safe. That's the best way to do it. I know, right? That's pretty awesome. Keep everyone safe. There will be an empty chair between each group. Plans are in place for anyone who doesn't want to ride the chairlifts or if there is rain. So they're saying that people will ride up, get their diploma, get a picture of them on the top of the mountain. Then they'll go to a different place with the second photographer and get a pretty amazing backdrop. That's from the the principal of the school, Kevin Carpenter. I like that. There's less downtime also. You just, you're constantly doing something. Yeah. I mean, you know, this is such an outside the box, like awesome solution to the, you know, the craziness that, you know, they had no idea. They weren't prepared for. They didn't know how to deal with. They just found some sort of out of the box solution and are going for it. And I love that. And I like this idea because when you you've gone to graduations, right? They're boring. They're you sitting for a long time. They suck. Nobody wants to go. If you say we do uh, a ski lift graduation, you're like, I'm not sitting for a long time. I'm if I'm sitting, I'm getting a view of stuff going around. This is pretty cool. You're you know? not in some uh, yeah some crappy hot gymnasium. sweaty gym. Like yeah. you don't want, you'll never have to be in again. You're actually oh. getting a beautiful, beautiful mountain view. Fresh yeah. air. Pretty cool. It's awesome. All right. So that wraps up the uh, Gonzo COVID takeover. <laughs> Let's go to ski news. 
So, the good folks at NOAA have announced that there will be a winter storm that will be smashing into the other good folks in Lake Tahoe, California. Damn. How about 6 to 16 inches of freaking snow? Damn. Yeah. What snow? They're talking 6 to 9 inches in most places with local amounts up to 16 inches expected. Wow. To be rolling into Monday night, which when we are recording this, into Tuesday. So above 6,000 feet is where the majority of it is going to be. It's going to be more likely rain in the valleys, but yeah, above 8,000 could get up to potentially 16 inches of snow. Damn. Somebody's going to enjoy some sweet, sweet pal somewhere. <sighs> That's how it always is. Somebody's going to be lucky. Everything's closed, but no one told that to the snow, the snow gods, to Uller. It's still going to fall. So if you had a, so if you had your skis on you and you had a snowmobile, would you drive the snowmobile up to ski that day and then walk up the next day to get the snowmobile? That snowmobile won't be there anymore. Somebody's jacket. <laughs> Somebody's jacked. <laughs> Middle jacked of nowhere. Not anybody for hundreds of miles. Jacked. It's gone. Someone's going to find it. Someone from freaking <laughs> Jersey will find it. Jacket. And squirrels will get it. Moose will be riding around on that thing. Somebody will figure it out. It's like they say if you gave monkeys enough time, they'll write Shakespeare. If you're gone from that snowmobile long enough, one of those woodland creatures is going to figure out how to hotwire it, turn it on, and go. Monkeys writing Shakespeare. I've seen CNBC, huh? I see NBC. Ew. I watch the networks. All right. So next up, we have something from space and science. Uh, they're saying the sun has entered a lockdown period, which could cause freezing weather and famine. Now, I don't know about the famine. I think good ski pow days is more like it. But they're saying the sun went into, and I heard this on several sites. Um, it's a solar minimum that, th- that they're saying, and they're saying the activity on the surface has fallen dramatically. So experts believe we're going to be in the deepest period of a sunshine rece- recession, um, the deepest ever recorded as sunspots have virtually disappeared. So the solar minimum is underway and it's a deep one. So sunspot count suggests it's one of the deepest in the past century, and the sun's magnetic field has become weak, allowing extra cosmic rays into the solar system. So they're saying extra cosmic rays pose a health hazard to astronauts and polar air travelers, um, affecting the electrochemistry of the Earth's upper atmosphere and may help trigger lightning. So all this stuff is conglomerating to, they're saying temperature temperatures may fall up to two degrees Celsius um, over 20 years, devastating world food production, extra lightning, and more solar radiation coming at us. So if you didn't think Corona would kill you, boom, let's have that at your plate. Now, I don't know what the source is of this. The source that we found this from was from the New York Post, which is... Post is legit. They have some good stuff on It's there. legit if you're looking for like page six tabloid trash but it hey. doesn't mean it's not true no i did see this 100%. on some science thing i think i saw it on google news this this morning about the solar minimum yeah 
hey, as skiers and boarders, I think we it could be a lot worse that if we had a nice really, All right, really we got Newsweek, we got Fox News, we got Forbes. See, they're all reporting the same thing. Science.nasa.gov. Boom. Why is it every week there's some sort of additional thing to get people depressed about? I mean, this is I not think depressing trying to, to distract you from the other shit. But Jeffrey Epstein, the uh, investigation <laughs> is just under the rug now. No one's paying attention. Well, it could be his camp putting this out. It could be. It very well might be. Right, here's $100,000. Report the solar minimum this week. Solar minimum. Imagine that, though. Like, Imagine if ski season started in North America right after Labor Day. Dude, why do you stop there? Imagine if it never ended. Continual I'm not ski getting season. that greedy. Imagine it goes... Oh, I am. This is this is polar, polar freezing, polar vortex is coming. This is the lightning. Viagra vortex. Polar, polar vortex Viagra vortex. That's right. <laughs> Just a, like a frozen boner. Arctic lightning bomb. That's what I want to see. <laughs> Shit that will like you skiing and all of a sudden, boom, there's lightning. <laughs> you're blowing Snog- up. Snogasaki. Snogasaki. Boom, you're blowing up. He's skiing out in the... He Don't go in the middle of, of nowhere. Don't hold the poles up because you're going to get hit by the lightning. Snoroshima. God damn. Boom. Yeah. Boom. Could happen. It could. I, I, I feel like anything could happen. You know, somebody said... Oh, there's never any sickness. There's never any flu that's going to take out everybody in the world. Now, what are we doing? We're locking down because we're afraid of that. You got murder hornets. You got like just all kinds oh, of that's every right. week. murder hornets too. I forgot crazy. about those bastards. It's exactly because there's UFOs landed here. Apparently, like there's crazy shit every week. That's right. They released the UFO things. We didn't even talk about that. There's no. so much we haven't talked about. All the stuff going on. Corona bottled up, kept quiet because we're in Corona lockdown because of Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> That's what it is. It all comes out from that. I think God that's what damn. it is. It has to be. King John um, King John Ill dies and comes back from the dead. He all came back from the dead. And he's like shredded now. In like a week. <laughs> he's What's shredded. Up? Have you seen him? He's jacked. <laughs> no, he's <laughs> or is it weekend at Bernie's? It could be weekend at Bernie's. It's just dragging his dead body around. That's very possible. So, again, that was a happy ski story. Another happy <laughs> ski story God damn. is that Snowbird, Utah, allows uphill access now starting on May 16th, so a couple days ago. Nice. They finally announced that they are open to uphill travel. Uh, I think backcountry, that's very good. Yeah. Now, they say that backcountry conditions exist and social distancing is required, but all other facilities will be closed. Ah, uh, that's sweet. You know... I'm telling you, this is what skiing's about, right? Social distancing yourself, going down the mountain, hanging out with a few friends, you, but you're distant. You, there's no crowds on the mountain. Yeah. It's just the, um, you know, the places like Snowbird, Jackson Hole, which have those massive 100-person trams, you're not getting in those anytime soon. That's yeah. that's the, the one strange... That's not bad, because I get claustrophobic in those anyway, so... Everybody stay six feet away from me. How about that? Yeah. I like that better. And now you have another excuse why you can't do Corbett's. Like, well, you know, if the tram was open and I could get up there. You know, if it was... Backflipping in there right now. Everybody's all crowded at the top there. I'm afraid of getting coronavirus. I'm going to skip this one. Yeah. Everybody's looking down. 
Yeah, they're saying that uh, please treat the ski area as backcountry terrain, carry and know how to use avalanche gear. There is no ski patrol and you are responsible for your own rescue. Mm, so you're on your own, man. Yeah. So Don't mess yourself up because you're on your own. But that's how it should be. We don't need all these this yeah. nanny nanny state nonsense. Everyone treating you like you're three years old. That's the rule of the outdoors. It should be outdoor rule. That's it. If you're Out, here, outdoor law is in effect. You're on your goddamn own. You get eaten by wolves. Oh well, you shouldn't have gone out. Strap up or strap on. One or the other. Come on. <laughs> that's, that's right. Right. Strap up or strap on. Just Better like Mama always said. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Yeah. That's the quote of the podcast, right? There. Strap up or strap on. <laughs> God damn. All right. Next up, we got. Speaking Al. of strapping on. Speaking of strapping on, Big Al, Al's blog is selling pally chairs. I wonder if he has one of those wacky waving, you know. Inflatable arm felling tube man. Inflatable, inflatable arm man. Uh, so, what are the, so what they're doing is in at A Basin, um, they installed the. Yan, which is the, the lift engineering installed by lift engineering in 1978, the pally would be removed in June 2020 and replaced with a brand new Letner Palma double chairlift ready for the 2020 21 season. So the actual chairs are hot commodity and they're going to be selling them. So, um, first auction will occur on eBay from May 18th today. That's today. Oh my God, there's got to be one on. Again, all the proceeds will be split between the three nonprofits uh, listed in here, which is the Summit Foundation, the Community Care Clinic, and the Family and Internet Intercultural Resource Center. Um, so that's pretty cool. So they're going to sell the chairs uh, on eBay. I'm going to look it up right now. See what do you think Fumio Sasaki would say about buying a goddamn <laughs> A-Basin chair? Does it make you happy? Fucking buy it. Does it bring you joy? Yes. Does if I could watch joy? TV, I'm getting rid of my couch. I'm replacing it. I'm replacing my couch with the chairlift. There you go. Fumio Sasaki would say, go on to eBay and get one of these chairs. Go to eBay and get one right now. That's what he would say. <laughs> I don't know if he would say it that way, but that's my I don't know how crazy many Japanese. bad racist Asian impressions we've done on this Why podcast. Like my Japanese impression. My Thai lady one was pretty bad before too. So yeah, I can't that talk. was pretty bad. She actually did sound. It was funny. She had like the mask on and everything, and I was like, I, I never realized how much I look at somebody's face when they talk until you start trying to talk to somebody that you can't understand that well with the mask on. And I'm like, I have no idea what she's saying, and I feel bad like asking multiple times. What about poor deaf people? They can't yeah. read lips now. They can't even see lips. I hear you. That's uh. It's bad, but think about it. Try having a conversation. I had a conversation with somebody. They were Spanish, and they had a very thick accent, and they were trying to speak English to me, and I was like, I just couldn't understand them, and I was like, I don't know. I understand Spanish. Can you speak Spanish, maybe? But you were trying to speak English. I had a very non-in-brand thought for me when I was at Costco last week. I was getting ready to put my cart back in the cart return because I'm not an asshole and actually put my cart in the cart return section. Okay. And the guy was walking over the Costco. I was like, oh, I'll take it for you. And I was like, oh, man, thank you. And I was smiling at the guy and Mm. I couldn't tell if he was smiling back at me because both had masks on. Exactly. And I thought to myself, you know what? I miss people's smiles. 
And Aww. I was like, what the hell kind of man ass comment? What kind of man says I miss people's smiles? And I go in the human touch. Apparently I need a little human touch. Mm hmm. Yeah, uh, like Bruce I, Springsteen, I, Jersey. There you go. Well, think about when you go and you you go interact with people. You have a lot of expressions with your mouth that nobody's seeing now, and your nose. Yeah, they just see your eyes. You got to like flare your eyes now. Like you gotta work on your <laughs> eye thing. <laughs> like crazy. <laughs> yeah, that boy got crazy. <laughs> All I see is a mask and some crazy eyes. <laughs> I'm staying away from that guy. What about the see-through mask? Are we gonna get those? I don't know. You could paint like you paint the Joker face on. People be like, I don't know what the eyes are saying, but it says creepy the whole entire way. Bad idea. Yeah. Clown mask. Keep an eye on that mask. guy. God damn. Whew. All right. So the pally chairs going online. Now. Pick up some chairs. If it brings you joy, pick up a chair. But only if it brings you joy. All right. I lost my outline here. What the hell's going on? I don't see any goddamn pally chairs. <laughs> What do you call them, Al? Cheers. Where are they? So, oh. if you're looking to do a little skiing in the next couple months, there are now there's an intention, at least, to have 100 plus ski areas in 14 countries expected to reopen in June. Hmm. That's pretty huge. So here is, uh, this is from the folks at In the Snow, which is a UK ski website. They are saying, yeah, 100 ski areas, 14 countries. Uh, largely in the Southern Hemisphere, obviously. But most Northern Hemisphere glacier summer ski areas will be open as well. So 80 ski, 80 plus ski areas will open in six countries in the Southern hemisphere and nearly 20 areas will be open in eight or nine countries in the Northern hemisphere. So they actually break it up by country. So they're saying Argentina, mostly underway in June, Australia, most of the country's resorts hope to open in early June but not been confirmed by the government just yet. So they're they're all normally open in the summer then. Yeah. Well, yeah, they're their winter, our yeah. summer. Okay. Austria, at least four glaciers will reopen. Not Ishkill. Hintertooks, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh Countertal and Kitsteinhorn from May 29th. And then Moltal on June 6th. Chile. Good to go in June. France, Val d'Isère hopes, hopes uh, to open its glacier for the French national team training from June the 6th. Les Tualpes and Teen hope to open the 20th of June. Italy, look at that. These sweet bastards. They're trying to get Paso Stelvio ski, uh, Summer Ski Center open June 1st. Nice. Japan, the Gassen Summer Ski Area hopes to reopen June thir- or May 31st. Lesotho, I don't even know where that is, but the Lesotho Afro Ski Center is aiming to open in early June. Did you look that up? Where the yeah. hell is Lesotho? It sounds that like sounds it's in good. Africa. Yeah. That yeah. Sound like- it's is it? It's officially the Kingdom of Lesotho is in 
enclave country within the border of South Africa. Along with Vatican City and San Marino, it is one of only three independent states completely surrounded by the territory of another country. Damn, that's pretty cool. Look at that. I never heard of that before. Lesotho, huh? It's a goddamn kingdom in goddamn South Africa. That's pretty cool. You're learning stuff listening to this podcast here. Dropping knowledge on people. New Zealand, looking to open normally. Norway, all three Norwegian glacier ski areas are opening during May. South Africa, South Africa's only ski resort, Tiffendel, expects to open for its 2020 season in early June. Sweden, Riksgransen, believed to be opening for its annual midsummer ski weekend around the 21st. Is that Swiss- next to Rick Springsteen? Is that next door to it? Rick Springfield, yes. Rick Springfield. Switzerland, normally year-round ski area, Zermatt expects to restart its glacier lifts from June 8th. And Sasfi aims to open in July. USA, Timberline in Oregon, reopened this past weekend. Beartooth nice. Basin, still gunning for May 30th. A Basin, looking to reopen in May. Killington, not opening. Uh, come on, Killington. Up. Don't let the virus win. Yeah. And it's possible that uh, Hortzman Glacier at Blackholm and Whistler could reopen as well. Uncertain at present time. Hmm. Uncertainty. Uncertainty. Well, I don't know about you, but I tell you what, like after shit started closing and all my trip ideas got fucking thrown to the wind and dashed on the rocks and beat over my head. Then spit on and peed on after that. Exactly. And then burnt and like shit on, like all that stuff. And then flushed down the toilet after the the bidet. I I don't know. Um, It's been tough, like getting over, like, well, what do you do next? Right. So our next story talks just about that, getting over winter withdrawals, off-season activities. So winter winter withdrawal pick-me-ups. I'll let you take the first one. So this is a, also a precursor to our our uh, main topic coming up next. Mountain biking. So we've been Boom. talking about this for a while, and I just got a new bike a few weeks ago. I've been wanting to get a bike for the last couple of years. I have, I, for a while, I probably talked about it years ago on the podcast, I was riding my bike to work when that was possible, where I was living. It is no longer possible. So I, I did do a fair amount of just riding every day, which was kind of cool. About uh, probably about seven miles each day, going back and forth, just my commute to work. And I wanted to get back onto the trails. I used to do it back in the day. Finally yeah. got a bike. Finally went for a ride this weekend, and it was scary and terrifying and exhilarating and awesome all at the nice. same time. So excited to be back out there doing got that. Got you back on the mountain? Yeah, dude. It was fun. That's sweet. And then right up your alley, number two. Boom. Gravel slash road biking. So similar endurance, uh, but you go further, quicker. Um, and the emphasis they're saying is on travel distance. Uh, road biking is a lot of fun. You get to see a lot of cool shit. Um, if you're either staking out a neighborhood to rob a house or <laughs> looking for a new house, I would suggest getting on a bike and ride around. It's a lot of fun. You get to see the neighborhood. There you go. 
Right, you take the next one. We'll alternate. All right. Hiking, backpacking, trekking. That's always fun. Nice. Uh, trail running, which you've started doing a little bit more of this year, right? Yeah, I got to I I try to go once in a while. Yeah. That's always a little tenuous because some people like if you if you, you know, roll your ankle, you're just kind of effed. Just waiting for the wolves to get you. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you know, they're, they're hungry. Oh, yeah. Uh, next climbing. Which rock I guess climbing? if you're uh, yeah rock climbing, if you want to be one of those a real person on rocks like Alex Honnold or be one of those people who goes to those indoor places if they ever reopen where you can do so like that's the thing rocks. I've been in the indoor places and they're great but that shit's all closed right now yeah mm. CrossFit another thing that's probably closed unless you gotta set this up in your house uh, good combination of lifting and high intensity workouts I think I don't know how much, Rich does it yeah I don't know how much joy you get moving tires around and keeping them in your house I don't know big tractor tires too yeah and then uh next up yoga which i will tell you i have done a fair share of over the I'm last a big couple fan of months. yoga i've been i've been doing it to supplement my other workouts and doing like a half an hour a night it's uh it's just the way it unlocks your your body and stretches you out and the ways you never really think to do like doing the weird poses like Something like a pigeon pose, like where you're just like leaning down and just stretching out your hips, like you've never, like you'd never just do it on your own. And I've, I feel like I've gotten tremendous benefits from it. And it's, it's not easy. It's different if you're used to just working out using lifting weights. But uh, big fan I think of the it. stigma about yoga being a little non manly has has gone by the wayside because I think that was the general idea, like when people used to think about yoga, it's hard as hell and it really helps your muscles because you're holding that stability mm -hmm. and it just helps you all around. It's great. Yeah. I think too, you got to kind of get past your ego too, because yes, being big and being, you know, big bulky muscles are, are cool and badass. but you know what, man, you got to maintain those. And when you're 22 and you have no responsibilities living at home with your mom, she's cooking you hamburgers every night. It's super easy to do that. But when you yeah. have to actually, live life and maintain and like who has time to you know eat this much protein and wake up in the middle of the night and have a shake and to to stay big and bulky it's like dude i'm trying to live a life where i can get i want long-term results where i can maintain and be sustainable and strong and yoga seems to be one of the best things for that so it helps uh, me sleep too i tell you what yeah, you do a nice yoga. It's a little meditative, and I sleep like a baby after. Um, I've been doing yoga and then a double portion of CBD oil, and I have nice. had some weird, trippy, awesome dreams, but great night's sleep. That's good. That's so that's a big good combo. Fan. Oh yeah, yeah. the The funniest thing is that when you first do yoga the first time, you it, you that breaks that idea that you have in your head that it's like an easy workout because you're like. I have no flexibility. You start looking around like, how the fuck can you guys bend like this? You know, yeah. girls and guys, like, how do you do this? It's not right. It's like with anything. Like you watch someone, like you watch us ski, you're like, oh my God, how could I ever be that good mm. when it's your first time? And you go, you know what? You just keep doing it. Keep practicing. Eventually you get there. Keep going. <laughs> and then there's spring touring and park skiing. So stuff that's open that we mentioned, all good. Yeah. So there are your, that's, you could pick one of those, pick one, pick two, pick eight, pick all of them. 
those are things you could do to keep the stoke going into the summertime when you can't get onto the snow and doing your regular skiing and snowboarding. And speaking of stoke, we're going to roll right into the main topic. We had a, a great conversation with a friend of ours, Mike from Get Stoked Productions. He doesn't just do that. That's his own his own baby there, but he, uh, he man of many talents. He's, he works for a, a great ski and bike shop. He works with our friend Ryan from Till I Die. And he lives a very ski-focused and bike-focused life, which, you know, he's a, he's a young guy. He's got a great head on his shoulders. He knows what he wants, and he's, uh, he's inspiring. So we hope you enjoy this conversation we had with Mike. So check it out. We have another very special guest interview this week. Uh, this is a, a friend of ours who we've been kind of going back and forth with for, I don't know, it's probably been over a year now, just chatting online. We tried meeting, meeting up at the Boston Ski and Snow Show last year. Unfortunately, we've talked about it a bunch of times. We had that insane Saturday and couldn't make it happen. But <laughs> funny enough, I was, I was commenting on one of his posts a couple of weeks ago, and all of a sudden, I now have a mountain bike. So <laughs> that's just how the internet's a beautiful place. You know, it's a wonderful thing. So just introduce our, our friend, Mike from Gesto productions and various other places. So Mike, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining us. No, thank you guys. Yeah. So you actually lead a pretty awesome life right now. And <laughs> why don't you give us a little intro about where you're at, what you're doing and uh, some of the things you're, you're working on right now. Yeah, so I'm now a sophomore at the University of New Hampshire, and uh, I live most of my days up in Killington, Vermont, just south in the valley. And I have a second home down in Jersey, as Brian, I think you know. Unfortunately, I have a home down there. <laughs> but this is um, the second one, not the first one. Right, right, yeah. That's the key. So, yeah, so I'm going up there for school. I'm working at a shop up there, uh, Philbrook Ski Board and Bike. Uh, that's how we hooked you up with your bike. And uh, yes, huge thank you to nice. you and Phil. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, where so, are you yeah. located I mean, again? What's that? Uh, we're in Dover, New Hampshire, in the Seacoast area. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So, we got that going on and basically just trying to, you know, balance that school and skiing. Skiing's life, right? So, so now what do you, yeah. much so I can. What are you going to school for? Uh, so, I'm in recreational management and policy. It's RMP. So, basically, you know, I'm trying to get into the ski industry. So on the business side of things, corporate wise. And uh, so, yeah, just basically managing uh, recreational management. But, cool. So I started off in the business school, but I figured it was, I don't know, too corporate, too office. Like for me, I wanted to kind of be out, you know, maybe nope. start rep, something like that, and then move to the business side of things. But. You can you can always learn all the crap you will ever learn to getting a business undergrad degree in college in the real world in like six months. I assure you. Dude, I watch have the office. True. Just continue to watch the office. It's Dude, all true. I have a marketing degree. Most of it is just nonsense. It really yeah. is. Yeah. To actually like I have start a psychology degree. Do you really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So now, graduate certificate in project management. I don't know how you how you put those two together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So now, with this um, rec management and policy, if you could kind of paint your perfect, you know, you get your degree May or May of twenty twenty four. 
that when you're gonna graduate? 2023. 2023? Yeah. What what would you paint as like your perfect job location scenario? Wow, tough question. Um definitely want to be west to start, probably on the west coast, probably Utah, Colorado area. Um, I don't know, man. Tough question. I mean, I'd probably start as a rep. It's probably that's something I'd want to do for a while. Uh just going out and meeting people, going to shops and stuff, maybe repping a brand. But um I don't know. Maybe just one of these big ski companies just being on the business side of things, getting free gear, <laughs> making a good living, you know? Just that works. I'm all about being honest, man. I don't need to make a lot of money. I just want to have fun and ski. So it's really amazing when you when you break things down and you cut out a lot of the crap and bullshit in your life. Yeah. How little you really do need to live the life you want to live. You know, that's it's, something yeah, that it's true. I will tell you, since I'm since Mary and I are both kind of old and jaded, I'll tell you two of the movies that I watched my senior year of college that have still had the biggest impact on me, Fight Club and American Beauty. <laughs> both came out in 1999, one of the greatest Those years for movies ever. Two great movies. They both have a very honest, like they kind of talk about, you know, like the, the things that you own end up owning you like American beauty. She's like pissed off at him for getting his feet dirty on the, putting his feet on the couch. And he's like, it's just a couch. Like none of this shit matters, you know, like life and experience and what you're, you know, if you're being true to yourself, it makes such a difference. And to have the knowledge at your age, that you don't want to get caught up in that bullshit that you do want to have a, a kind of forge your own path. That is huge. And you know what? There will be people who will tell you that, oh, you got to get a nine to five job. You got to go get corporate. Don't listen to them. They all left their dreams behind. They're miserable. They're pissed off. And they want you to be miserable and pissed off with them. So don't listen. Yeah, man. Forge your own. Well said. Well said. We have a, for my little son, we got the book, you know, The Road Not Taken by Robert Frost. And it's just, I read it to him all the time. And I'm like, I'm going to drill that into his head. (laughs) <laughs> as it grows up because uh, people cool. will lie to you. They will get you caught up in their bullshit that they, that they're miserable about. They want to drag you down with them, forge your own path, be your own person. That's the only way to happiness. Yeah, man. Ooh, yeah. Sorry. Had a lot of coffee. <laughs> Damn. No, well said. It was, it was kind of like a realization like two years ago, to be honest, just like I got my license. I was what 16 and I just started driving you know, north as much as I can and skiing. It was just like a wake up call. Yeah. You know, just like you just to... Yeah. You guys know the lifestyle around it too. Field or did you start with like business and then move? Yeah. So I was in, um, the business school of UNH for a year. And then I was just like, you know, seeing all these kids that were so snobby and like, I don't know. So I don't know how to explain it, but I was just so sick of it. And like such a high standard they held. I mean, I just couldn't take it. I mean, I, I held my own in terms of grades, but just not where I wanted to be. So, I mean, all my, all my ski buddies that work at the shop or me with me are in RMP. So, you know, I decided right. to move on there and uh, yeah, it's been good. Nice. It's been, yeah. So now, um, so did you, was part of the reason you picked UNH is because of this RMP program or was that just something that you kind of fell into well, when you started the business? Well, so I wanted to be in New England for sure. Um, I looked out West, but it was just so far from family and shit, you know, but, um, I looked at UVM, didn't get in. Uh, so UNH was kind of my second option, but one thing I didn't realize was how far we are from skiing. I mean, like <laughs> Seacoast area, I know, right? Yeah. Seacoast area of New Hampshire is like 
at least two hours. I mean, I'm, I'm me and you, Brian, now four and a half hours from Jersey, but yeah, I thought we'd be a lot closer, which is kind of a bummer, but it's still but better. It's still bad, four and a half up 87. Yeah, <laughs> sure. So do you, it's that boundary that you got to commit to going on a two and a half hour ride and skiing versus, Hey, I'll just jump in the car. You know, you got to do a little more sure. planning. Sure. Sure. So now do you live on campus or do you live, uh, I live on campus. Oh, you do. Okay. Yeah. All right. It's about two hours from me from at UNH. So, yeah. So so how many, like how many days do you, do you think you ski then during a season? Uh, Not this this season, obviously being this season, being all messed up. Usually about 50 days, five, zero. Nice. Nice. That's not too shabby. Actually, this year, yeah, I was aiming for like 70. I was at 40 already, so kind of bummed out. Yeah, totally bummed. Got to get that 100 club hat up at Killington, right? I'm trying, man. It's tough. It's tough, especially with Jersey. Dude, it's impossible. You can't do it. Yeah, you really have to have a place up there. Even you go like take one or two runs in the morning, then, you know, if you can work remote, knock it out. But yeah, it's a a serious commitment to get to that 100 number. Oh, yeah. yeah. So now... So you're working at Philbricks now. Um, So what exactly do you do there? So I started this ski season, actually. So I wasn't really in the bike end because of COVID. You know, I had to move back to Jersey. But uh, so basically, I'm just on the floor selling skis, boots, apparel, you know, everything that comes along with skiing, we move. So I'm just selling stuff. And it's really fun. (laughs) You know, you guys have a big shop, too, with like a lot of different brands, right? We do have a lot of brands. Like we have all the mainstream guys, but we also have like, you know, Black Crows, Castly, which is sweet, um, which you don't really see on the same wall usually. You know, it's usually yeah, you don't have any or you have one or the other. So that's that's pretty cool that we have Castly and Black Crows. And we have um, Icelandic coming in next year. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. So pretty unique brands, actually. Um, but it's tough, man. When you're standing at that wall and you're staring at it with a customer, it's like, which one do I choose? You know? It's hard. Yeah, I'm a Nordica guy. I know you are too, Brian. Yeah, I know. Now you've actually so I ski on the the Enforcer 100s as my daily drivers, and those are I got them about three years ago. So it's the um not the first year they had them. I think the second year they had them. Nice. Um, now you you've tested the brand brand new ones, right? The 2021s. Oh yeah. How are they? Insane. Are they? Yeah, I totally recommend. Yeah, I mean, how compared to the the previous year's ones? Yeah, so I have the 20, I think they're 17s, maybe 18s. Um, and they're sick too, but like I took them out west last year to Snowbird. I went out with a couple friends. Um, and I don't know, they just didn't feel as agile and like playful. I have a set of Black Crows and just totally different. Not as forgiving, if that makes sense. But oh, really? 2021, uh, with that sheet of carbon in between the metal, it kind of balances out and it's a lot more playful. Really nice. Because one yeah, thing I've, I've always felt that these the enforcers were so playful to begin with. I mean, really? you know what? I'm coming from vocals though. <laughs> yeah. You know, most non-playful, down to business, you know, German skis you can get. Good, so good true. price though, <laughs> dude. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, the enforcers are good all around for sure, any year. But just the new ones are super forgiving. But you can still hold a crazy edge with it, which is sweet. That's so, what's so amazing cool. about them. Anything up to a foot of snow, they're just, they can just do it. Yeah. Ice, Great. crud, good amount, a little bit of snow. They're, they're fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. They do really well on, nice. on ice with a hundred underfoot too. You know? Yeah. But it's sweet. I like my blizzards when I had them. Well, I still have them, but I hardly, 
hardly use them. I'm oh, the Brahmas? Yes, is out. Yeah, those are fun. The the way they're shaped is the camber they have on them, and they're springy. Yeah, the Brahmas on the East Coast are fantastic. They're they they're, are. Yeah, they're a fun ski. That was just Jump fun. Around. Like those demo days. Like, does your shop do that at all? Like, oh yeah. Are you yeah. guys? Would you actually be on the mountain doing demos, or is it more like you just would have to go to your shop, get them, and then? No, so we do have a New England demo day for all the shops. Um, unfortunately, I wasn't able to go, but it's funny because I was at Canon one day, and I skied down. There was this big um, vocal Dalbella tent, and I just skied down there. I'm like, "What are you guys doing?" And they were just demoing skis, and they're like, "Sorry, man, shops only." And I was like, "Sweet, you know, I work at a shop. I had to sign some papers, and I got on the new Blaze 96. Have you seen those? They're sweet. It's a the vocals. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a wood core." Uh, it's a 96 underfoot, I believe. I think they make it in a 102 as well, but super sweet. So I got to demo that, which was cool. And the new Marker Griffins, nice. which was cool. But but usually, yes, the whole shop did go, but I was busy, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, those are the best right. days to get, hit the mountain and just like, just try, try new skis. I mean, you oh, definitely totally. gravitate yeah. and you find out which ones you like and which ones you don't, which brands you like, you know? Exactly. Kind of, it's great to do and like because i never demoed skis until i bought my first pair which were the brahmas and then yeah. i bought the dps sight unseen but i tried enough skis to know well this will probably work and those are actually pretty good the dps's but yeah how are those by the way like they're them? good they're the hybrids they're not like the regular whalers um so they got that big shovel in the front sweet they're actually right up in there boom Oh, nice, man. Yeah, the shovel on those skis is, is crazy. It's insane. I actually took them out to Italy this uh, past year. Cool. Uh, just before Corona, just before COVID, I was right there. Um, made it. <laughs> and they were good. We didn't have a lot of good fresh snow. Uh, There's one day we had, you know, a nice, decent dusting of powder. And um, those things just eat up. If there's a little powder, they're good and they're manageable if it's like icy and, and you know, rough terrain because they're the hybrids they have a little metal more metal in the uh, construction of them so they hold pretty well um if it's all ice they're not fun they chatter a little you know just like a, a lighter ski but they're not as light as like the whaler you know not an all wood core or anything it's like bamboo and metal or something like that is it any carbon in those i don't know i don't think so not I, think so. I think it's uh just metal and it's mainly bamboo but I tried on uh, was the parlor skis. I tried a bunch of them, and those are great in snow. Like we did them on demo day, but if you hit crud or something, they're just not fun. You're like holding on. <laughs> yeah. And a chatter. Yeah. No, it's fun to demo skis. It's so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's a lot of fun. And there are big differences too. People say like, "What's the difference between a, you know, two different skis?" And like, they don't know until you get on them. Yeah. yeah, I guess that's a tough thing too. And probably something, you know, as the more you work at the shop, the more you're going to recognize too, like recognizing a skier for not what they're going to ask you or tell you they're going to know how to ski. Like you kind of can read people and be like, oh, you probably need this type of ski, yeah. even yeah. though they want something different. It's like, trust me, you're going to need something like this. Yeah. Well, that's the thing with our shop is we have such a, you know, wide range of customers. Like we have some people with, you know, money that come in. And you could kind of read that and point them towards, say, you know, a set of Cassies or Black Rose, of course. But then you have other people that are, you know, they have no idea what they're talking about and they can, you know, barely afford a pair of, you know, track skis with vocals. And you kind of got to read that and, you know, figure it out. But 
it's very it's it's also very what modern. they're going to enjoy right like totally. are they uh do they like just bombing down the mountain do they like moguls they like just kind of hanging out and having the fun ski to do anything you know like, yeah. yeah you have to talk to them and figure it out what they like to do where where their skiing is big too i mean we're yeah. close to mass so some people just ski like cranmore and you know gunstock even so mm. You got to ask questions, but how about for like mountain Creek? You got to ski for that. <laughs> you know, I used to race at mountain Creek years ago. <laughs> oh, did you really? Oh, they, they did a lot for racing, but wait, but I'm sure they still do, but they used to close off that whole was the North side, which was the, yes. I used to live up there and uh, that was a cool mm-hmm. side. But when it was race day, it was just all closed off. It was just overtaken. But yeah. So Brian, I think I told you this, I ski for camp call. I know you took your son there. Nice. Yeah. Which was, uh, it's embarrassing now to say that word, but um, <laughs> but it was fun at the time, you know? It was, hey man, it it's a place I'm glad it exists because, you know, like you you need those those starter mountains to get people out there, to get them excited. Yeah. And yeah. they're like, oh wow, it's like you did, you're doing the black chair, but you're doing only halfway. Then you're going the black chair all the way to the top. It's like, whoa, it's like, where do we go next? Well, now we'll go to Mount Peter. It's like, and then we'll go up to to you know platykill or hunter and it's like oh wow this gets bigger and bigger and better you know totally. so it's it's i love that it exists you know and again it's from where you lived in jersey what was it, like 20 minutes tops four minutes four I live, minutes wow yeah yeah yeah. i live right in malas so okay it's quick. Nice. that's that's not bad so basically yeah. you lived in a ski town i did <laughs> so you know you lived more in a ski town in jersey than you actually <laughs> Caucus is claiming a ski town now too, right? Oh, we're calling it Ski Caucus. (laughs) Ski Caucus, if it ever reopens. (laughs) That poor goddamn place, man. So, you know, they started building in 2005. 2009 happened, the financial crisis. They shut it down. It's closed for 10 years. They finally reopen it. They finally, the big fanfare, Lindsey Vaughn, all that blah, blah, blah. Shuts down again for coronavirus. That place is jinxed. I absolutely when we were there. It was like cool because they were like, We're here for the first and the only ever opening of Big Snow. The like, only oh, first cool. chair they're ever gonna have. Yeah. We got to be there. It's like, ah, oh, okay, Corona, we gotta do a second opening. So hopefully yeah. they do a big deal for that. So Yeah. Did you get over to that thing yet? Oh. I did not. I listened no. to your podcast on that and it seemed interesting. So maybe I'll check it, has it out. A lot of potential and especially for people learning, you know what I mean? Like you're learning, you get to go there. It's, it's convenient. Just do a little bit of a day and then hang out in the mall, go do something. Right. So the only I thing mean, to do in a mall anymore in August, right? I mean, they're staying yeah. open. Up here. Uh, exactly. They're supposed to be, I mean, I don't know when they're going to reopen. We were starting to already get our halfway to winter party plan right before this whole thing started. So I don't yeah. know what the hell we're going to do, but hopefully we can pull that off. Still, I wonder if they'll have summer ski houses right around that, like they have Jersey Shore <laughs> ski houses, right? You're right. You get one of those, um, those Secaucus swamp townhouses. Yeah, yeah. that's it. Beauties. Beauties. <laughs> Just walk to the mountain with your skis. Crossing Route 3. Crossing oh, Route I almost 3. got nailed. Crossing Route 3. Like Frogger. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So besides the shop, besides school, so you also started a production company, right? Trying to, yeah. Trying to? <laughs> yeah. No, Tell yeah. Tell more about this. I like that. Yeah, man. So me and my buddy started, uh, it's called Get Stoked, and we started probably like six years ago on YouTube. 
And I mean, it came off kind of cool. Kids in school like knew about it, watched it. Kind of stupid. Like, if, I don't know if you guys have been on our YouTube, but if you scroll down, it's it's pretty ugly. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, I mean, a couple of years ago, started to pick it back up. Got on Instagram. I mean, as you guys know, Instagram's a little easier to kind of you know expand on. So we did that, and um, unfortunately, my buddy bailed. But so now it's just me. But you know, it's uh-huh. it's tough, man. We're trying to you know expand the crown, make videos, but. What's that? <laughs> Heavy is the crown, right? Oh yeah, you be- yeah. You got to be consistent too. Me and Matt, me and Brian were talking about this. You got to be consistent. Oh yeah. So what was your um like? What, what were like the your uh, your concepts for your videos you were doing? So we started with skiing, just because we raced at Camp Gong. We made like videos about that and, and racing, whatever. And um, then we got mountain bikes. Started mountain biking. Uh, did longboarding, shit like that, camping. But yeah, so now. Now mainly it's just skiing and mountain biking because it's really all I do these days. But yeah, it's a good combination in the off season because you don't pound on your knees in the off season. You know, it is, it is, yeah. But it 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 is hard to film content. Like we started, you know, doing videos at first, and sometimes you're just not into it. You just want to enjoy being outside, yeah. not filming all the time. That's the you hard know? part all the time and editing and putting it together. It's like, you just want to go out and have fun. And it's like, ah, oh, I got to do, you got to do the work right. end of it. You know? Yeah. That's the one thing I was, you know, talking to uh, our friends from Alba adventures. And I don't know if you've ever checked out their stuff. They do those, like uh, they do these weekly trips pretty much all over new England. They're, they're mostly based out of Pico and they do these, you know, they'll do trips to magic and Bromley and, you know, all these various new England mountains. And they'll do like a, They'll ski with people and they'll do a little like five, 10 minute video about the experience. And I remember asking them, I'm like, I'm like, do you still enjoy the skiing? Cause it feels like you have to be there finding your shots, getting your light, making sure the time of day is right. Yeah. And yeah. setting things up and yeah. you know, the people that are filming are obviously having fun, but you know, is, is it still fun? And you know, they do it every weekend pretty much. So for them it is still, yeah. but if you're only going up like once a month, once every two weeks, like y- y- it's, it's yeah. hard to, you know, like you said, it seems like they have a work. rigorous system though. Right. They're like, we, they plan the shots and then in between the shots, they kind of do what they, you know, have that fun, which is kind of cool. You almost have to do it that way. You know, it's either, yeah. you, you gotta be on or off, you know, it's yep. uh, because again, you're, if when you have only a certain amount of time during the day and light and can get really yeah. crowded, you have to, you know, kind of have your, your shots set up, you know, you watch the Warren Miller movies or TGR and they're up in the splines in Alaska. It's like, yeah, you have a little more time. It's like, Oh, we're there for like three weeks. You know, we got a camp set up. Yeah, it's a camp. Yeah, waiting not- for the right light. We, we camped out for an extra two days waiting for the light. It's like, yeah. okay. Yeah. yeah. What was the one uh, we watched a couple of years ago, the Tanner hall movie where he was, they were, they had that really crazy storm. And oh, they were and stuck they were just there for, like, in for a while for yeah. a week. They were just snowed in. They couldn't even <laughs> ski and board. They were just sitting there. Yeah, I forget what one that was, but that was that was pretty cool. But yeah, yeah, it's 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 tough, man. It's and again, I mean, you know, doing these videos, and we know it from the podcast, the amount of post production stuff you have to do. Oh, yeah. It's not just filming it and boom, you put it up there and it's done. I mean, we've all seen people's horrible GoPro videos where they just kind of put themselves like skiing. It's like, right, all they right, get boring real quick. They get bingo. They get super boring super quick. <laughs> Well, that's one or yeah, two times you're like, oh, this is cool, too, right? The equipment. It? It's also pricey for the equipment. So you mentioned GoPros. Like, that's all we had when we were younger. Yeah. Yeah. We were able to film. Like, you know, we couldn't afford a camera. 
So, so what are you that's- using now to film? Uh, so I, I have a new GoPro with, um, uh, it's called a gimbal on it, like a stabilizer. Yeah. So I got that and, uh, I have a drone actually that we bought. So that's pretty sweet. Nice. Oh, nice. Killington doesn't like that thing. <laughs> so, I was talking to somebody that does, he's a videographer, uh, not just, it was somebody that I met at the, uh, at that thing that I stumbled in this weekend. Um, and he was telling me the story of how he got a brand new drone and was following his friends jumping off of, you know, they were doing cliff diving in Croatia and it got caught in the, uh, this, the, uh, whatever the, the grass, you know, that tall grass that yeah. they have there. And it got caught, stumbled, went over the cliff and boom, deep into the ocean. Oh, she was like, well, that was, yeah, that was a lot of money spent on crash. Yeah. Oh, they at least recover the black box. Oh, <laughs> it was just all salt water destroyed. Oh, oh that's funny. That's rough. That's rough. Yeah. But one thing that yeah. is crazy, I mean, it's amazing how little you have to spend. I mean, little in quotes, you have yeah. to spend to have pretty much high, like as high a quality as you're ever going to need for, for a film right now. I mean, sure. Sure. what if you buy a GoPro and maybe a, a fancy 4K DSLR, you mm-hmm. know, for you're under 2000 bucks and you could have top level, like, high really high quality video production definitely yeah it, it has gotten better even the last like six seven years really it's yeah. gotten better but. yeah so now going into mountain biking since it is the summertime and every ski mountain is pretty much closed except for a couple that may open this weekend or not killing not being one of them as they've announced yeah you see that uh yep just today, today they announced with all that yeah. sweet snow they have and it's their motto because we don't have to because we don't have to. The road's closed too, you know. Is the it? access road? Yeah, there's uh, barricades up. Really? Wow. I it... mean, at the top, like once you get past Ryan's shop. Okay. Right by Snowshed Ramshead there. Yeah, there's yeah. There's barricades up. Yeah. Wow. No, because people are up there and skinning or? Skin up? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like a couple of weeks ago, I drove up to Bear and it was packed, man. Packed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Big party out there. Like, everybody partying yeah. outside the gate. Yeah, yep. sick. Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned mountain biking and yeah, you, you hooked me up with a, uh, a, a super sweet mountain bike. So thank you. And so thank you to the shop, the Phil bricks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now, how long have you been mountain biking? Has it been since as long you've been skiing or has it been more of a, a recent thing that you got into? Uh, good question. Uh, definitely not as long as I've been skiing. I've been skiing since I was like four, but uh, probably the last like six years, seven years. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice. Definitely more these days. I've been getting more into it now, but I mean, so has everybody, right? Like there's so many more trails now than there used to be. Yeah. I think this COVID has pushed everybody to mountain bike. Cause everything I see with all my friends are like, Hey, at least the trails are open. I'm going mountain biking because it's open, you know, and oh, yeah. they're yeah. getting involved, you know? I mean, I think, you know, Brian, you've wanted to do it for a while and I think you had a bike and you know, you want to really, a nice bike now, but you know, even my friends that were road biking, they're like, Oh yeah, at least we can, you know, go up in a mountain. Why not get away from everybody? That's and you true. know what? Everyone always talks about that's, you know, that's whenever you see those lists of things that as a skier, you can do in the summer to not hate the summer. Mountain biking is always number one. Yeah. And I was looking at bikes two years ago. I wanted to get one really badly. I was going to, I'm like, I was going to buy one. I'm ready to go. And then I had to spend, 
I forget what, what the issue was. I think the roof had a problem with the roof or there was there was like something that was like big expenses. And this year, you know, with that whole CARES Act and they're sending you money, I'm like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm taking my money and I'm just going to buy a stupid mountain bike. I don't even care. <laughs> so I did that. Yeah. And you know what? It was a great goddamn decision. I went, I finally went Saturday down to Allaire with, uh, with Steve and his buddy. And, you know, I, this is the first time, and Mike, I mentioned it to you when I, when you, uh, I picked it up from you. I'm like, this is the first time I've ridden on a bike with disc brakes, a mountain bike with disc yes, brakes. That's, that's was me. Like, yeah. Oh my God. And having the full like a uh, dropper seat. I mean, it was just, I was using probably 15% of the bike's capabilities. And I knew that, but it was just, I mean, ripping over rocks with those 29 inch wheels. Like it just, yeah. it was so effortless compared to, you know, it's bikes true. I've had in the past. It was just, it was so much fun. And I know I've like, again, barely unlocked the capabilities of this thing, but it was just, it's such a blast. Even uphills were fun in that thing. Good. Yes. But, yeah. yeah. But at least when, you, I'm just glad you didn't go to like an e-bike or something. Cause I've seen people, friends that we know that have gotten e-bikes and, I'm, and they go mountain biking. I'm like, dude, are you, are you just calling, you know, you just throwing in the hat. I mean, come on. That's Wally right there. You're pretty much being one of those, like the fat people in Wally if you're doing that. Yeah. yeah. The fat guy on a bike. Great. Just that's get a scooter and go to the mall if you're going to do that. That's right. Yeah. Man. Yeah. So are you doing, have you done any films this year, like mountain biking ones yet? Or are you have anything scheduled that you're working on? I have not. So I don't really have a bike right now. I mean, I have a Rocky Mountain hardtail that I share with my dad, but I don't really have my own bike. So I'm looking to get one. But so I was looking at yours, actually, the Habit. Yeah. And yeah. So I don't know yet, but I'm pretty psyched because I've, I've never really experienced that either, to be honest. I mean, like I've been on a hardtail. I mean, you guys have probably seen my bike on Instagram, but it's a pretty sweet hardtail, but just nothing beats like a, a full suspension bike, like the, like the habit, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's just totally different. Like I rented one at Killington last year and it was just like mind blowing. Like it's sick. Yeah. So, nice. You know, it's like but, going from like a scooter to going to like a, like a yeah. high end Ducati. Yeah, and once you, yeah. once you master it, it's like insane. Feels like skiing. It's like that that rush, you know. That's that what rush. I'm. That's what I can't wait to get to the point where I, you know, because right now I'm like fiddling with the gears. I'm I'm downshifting yeah. my upshift because I'm used to I'm used to my grip shift, you know, and to have like the little clickers. Yeah. At first you're like, what the hell am I doing wrong here? Then you're like, oh, this makes so much sense. Why would I have my hand on the brake when I'm upshifting? Because I'd be going downhill. It's like the things are. It, it's it's not just willy nilly how they set these things up. There was actually very like a lot of thought and time and evolution yeah. went into the way they they create even like a motorcycle at first you're like why am i clicking up to go into first gear it's like oh well this actually kind of makes sense like everything like just because you're new at this doesn't mean you know anything like there's reasons why things have evolved to the point where they're at and you're going to discover once you get a little more experience why this makes so much sense and then yeah. here's the point yeah. where you don't think about it and it's automatic that's the part that's exciting it's like okay if i keep doing this it's going to be the man it's like man and machine become one you know, yep. you want to get to well, that. Point. And the more you do it, the more you can concentrate on other stuff. Then you start looking at like, you know, you, you, you start managing more like your body and I can take my selfies do. downhill. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. That's it. Woo! <laughs> yeah. YOLO. That's cool. <laughs> no, like, it's so much like, fun. Remember when you're like you're first getting like you're on skis, and you're getting uncomfortable and you're kind of like watching your skis and you're kind of, you just kind of, 
to going through the motions and then you get a little more comfortable and then more comfortable. And then you're like, you're looking for jumps and looking for other stuff to do ahead of you because you've become familiar you're and your music. You got to have the right music. When <laughs> you're, you're clicking through your playlist. <laughs> you're like, <laughs> I need the right song for this. You know? Yeah. <laughs> well, like when I got into road bike and we were talking about that before, uh, you know, clipping into those pedals is a little terrifying when you, when you start. And I know they have for mountain biking too, right? I don't know if you're eventually going to clip in or you're not clipping in yet, right, Brian? Nah, I'm not. I don't know if I'm going to clip. I just clip in. That's a big commitment. Yeah. (laughs) Because you fall, you're just staying with the bike. Uh, (laughs) But, but, um, you know, once you start riding, you get used to all that stuff. Then you start working on like, hey, my endurance and can I push a little harder? And then, uh, you know, for road biking, you you get the the power meter or the, uh, you at least get the the heart rate monitor and you start realizing, you know, how to manage your effort with your heart rate at least. Um, But yeah, it all, you, you just add one thing, you know, every time you go out, keep adding on to it. Yeah. It's funny. I was talking to, uh, yeah, I posted that picture of me with, you know, the picture of the bike last this past Saturday on Instagram. And one of our, our friends on Twitter responded to it. He's like, Oh man, he's like, I gotta stay away from mountain biking. He's like, I crash enough in the sun, in the winter time and skiing. He's like, I don't need another sport where I can crash. And I responded to him. I'm like, Hey, I'm like, I'm like, it's another activity that's terrifying. That's expensive. And that beer tastes better after doing. And he's like, well, now that you put it that way, maybe I should get into mountain biking. (laughs) It really, a lot of the same stuff that you experience when you ski, you experience when you, when you mountain bike, which is, you know, I guess why a lot of folks who do ski do that in the off season. Did you um, talk to that other guy you went with about his crash? He had a pretty nasty crash. He mentioned it. Yeah, he was wearing a full face yeah. helmet because he uh he took a yeah. header at Mountain Creek. He basically just ruined oh, his face and everything. Yeah. yeah, I don't think his face was really that special beforehand. <laughs> it's still kind of weird. <laughs> Let's just say there's a lot of stitches put into his face area. So yeah. But it's it's that's one of the fun things too, just like with skiing, when you're checking people's gear out, you know, like, oh, look at that dude's boots. He has those kind of skis. And yeah. same thing with biking. It's like, oh, look at that guy has those pedals and has that helmet. And you know, so you know, that helmet. So well, true. you know, it's like, yeah. dude, that yeah. helmet's like 600 bucks. It's like, oh my God, he has that. Like, you know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. That guy's yeah. got foil skis of $50,000. <laughs> it's awesome. It's true, man. It's true. I wonder if they would actually sponsor us foil skis probably not no you never know you know what the answer is no unless you ask you got to reach out man hey arnold come on brother hook us up five accounts a day just start sending out messages that's kind of one of our summer plans is just like every company like i think yeti would be a good sponsor that would be good yeti would be awesome you talk about them enough seriously not that they need me our free advertising considering what a juggernaut (laughs) they are selling their fourteen hundred dollar coolers Nuts. Oh, dude, everybody down here on their boats, it's all Yeti. You're out, out in the heat all day. If you're fishing or hunting, like you can really justify that because like, you really oh, have yeah. to keep your stuff cold. But if you're just an oh, asshole yeah. like me who just wants to have it to have it, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a tough, uh, tough way to go justify. to the beach too, right? <laughs> dude, my Yeti backpack, that thing at the that, beach is perfect. Absolutely nice. perfect. I well, came you guys sell those mugs, right? Those are Yeti, right? We have a, uh, it's only one the left. Yeti mugs, yeah. Pretty sweet. Yeah, just one left. I am, however, wow. planning. Yeah, there's somewhere. That's sweet. I am, however, planning to get other oh. ones done. I really want to get new coldsters. You know, those are the ones you put your can in oh, yeah. to keep things yeah. cold. I have a regular like 12 yeah. ounce can. I want the tall boy though. 
for like the big beers. I think we might do some of those, maybe some of the, um, the 24 ounce with that handle. I really like those like Stein ones they have. Oh yeah. You do the size for the white claw for the ladies. The white claw size. They actually (laughs) have those. They have the, uh, yeah, they do. Yeah. That's a size now. Like when you look at like uh, koozies or anything, it's a size for the, for the spike seltzers. I might do white claws, whatever. I might do a run of like 10 of each size. I think that'd be kind of cool. 10 of the Coldster regular, 10 of the white claw size and 10 of the, uh, the like Stein ones. I think that'd be kind of fun. Yeah. Cause the way, so like, I know you're working on your get stoked. You have your own brand. Like the thing that we've been doing the last couple of years is, you know, once we did our rebrand with the new logo, I was like, well, what would I want to wear? What would I want to have? And I, we've been just making that stuff. Like what's the yeah. stuff that we like having. And, uh, amazingly enough, some people like it too. So, you know, it's just, uh, yeah. Yeah. and again, I used to get a buddy you were doing stuff with and, you know, sometimes like if people aren't into it, then, you know, you just got to kind of totally. run with your vision. Yeah, totally. And, yeah. and then make it happen, you know, because, uh, it's, uh, and today, man, you got to answer to yourself. That's what it totally. comes down to. Now you mentioned Ryan, our buddy. Now you've been actually doing some work for him, right? I have. Yeah. So I met him at the Boston Ski Expo. And this is Ryan from Till I Die. This is Ryan from Till I Die. Yeah. The one and only. The one and only for sure. And uh, so I met him there. And then I was at the uh, the World Cup race up here at Killington. And I met him again. And we kind of like, you know, he was like, oh, shit, I remember you from the expo. And then I met Eric, who I guess we'll talk about after this, but from Terraceus, an outerwear company from New Hampshire. And we met up in New Hampshire and he got me in touch again with Ryan and Ryan reached out. We started talking. I started doing some remote work for him and now I'm working for him pretty much full time. I mean, I'll be up here through the summer working for him. It's like a, nice. you know, internship slash job. And uh, so awesome. it's sweet. I mean, he's got awesome stuff. You guys know. So, yeah. So what are you doing? Awesome exactly stuff and awesome like presentation and oh, all yeah. that stuff. And he's, he's just a blast to work with as yeah, you guys. Good job. Know. Well, he's the uh, kind of guy too, like, you know, like following your vision, like doing what you oh, want. His story is so cool. Coming out of Macy's and shit, you know? So yeah, cool. we, we interviewed him a couple, you, I think you listened to it, right? A couple yeah. months ago, yeah. we talked to him after I, uh, we met him in, in New York. But uh, yeah, I never, we still haven't gotten the whole Ski Till I Die story. Because I know that was like the original company yeah. that kind of fell yeah. apart. You should have him back on. Yeah, he... Um, so, I mean, he's coming out with a bunch of new styles this year and, uh, just did a bunch of new hats. So some cool stuff coming out, but I mean, his stuff's cool. One, yeah. one of them for sure. Got that app style, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But it's cool. So, it's I cool. think I cut you off, but before I let you answer the question, so what exactly are you doing then for him? Uh, just sales. So, just sales? well, not just sales. I mean, we've been doing inventory this last week, trying to get everything in order. Have you guys been in this new shop or no? Not yet. I was um, there before they opened. So we were okay. up there the week before MLK. So they had the skis already from the um uh the skiing boards from that shop in Hershey. No, Gilson. Gilson. They had the yeah. really sweet like transformer skis. Yeah. Yeah. He's still working with Gilson. Okay. Yeah. So we've been moving a lot of stuff and um trying to get organized because we're opening uh first week of June. Oh, so you're not officially open yet? We're not. Retail was today. um, So I guess technically we can open, but I think he wants to wait till the mountain opens. 
for mountain biking. Because I rem- when when I was there back in January, I mean, you know, Ryan's a very half, more than half full kind of guy. And so this was the week before MLK. He was trying to have it open for MLK. And they wow. still had, they had just yanked the stove that was in there from the, uh, <laughs> I guess it was like an art art studio or yeah yeah they just yanked the stove out like that day like it was i have pictures i can send to you but it was like he just started painting the green like it was it was not even close to being opening and he was gunning for that then they were kind of like i think we're looking more at like president's weekend and then you know what it looks good man it looks really good i know he's putting his heart and soul into this place and and he's got a lot of cool brands in there now yeah one of them being like you just mentioned, Terracia, right? Yes, one of them being Terracia. And I mean, he's got Gilson. He's got Alley Caps out of Vermont, too, I believe. She makes like custom uh, sewn hats, which are sweet. Nice. And uh, yeah, I mean, totally diverse brands. He's got Arbor Forge. They make like sweet signs out of wood and stuff. So pretty awesome. But, yeah, we were there, too. They had, uh, there was the one, the artist lady was dropping off some pieces yeah uh-huh. like that, like the metal metal work oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah like yeah those have a yeah <laughs> yeah it was it was pretty cool yeah. those are still there still there yeah, <laughs> yeah here were those uh those oh, transformer yeah. gilson yep, skis are, yeah yeah those are sweet those are yeah sweet. this is what it looked like when we were there <laughs> oh shit that's so funny yeah he wow. was it's funny i reached out to him when we were going up there he's like oh you had to come by and see the shop and yeah, it was like, they were really, it was at the point where they were getting all the old crap out and really kind of setting it up, getting it set up. So yeah. Yeah. No, just, it looks good. It looks real good. He put the flooring down. It looks great. It looks really good. It just, you know, like this is the kind of shit that breaks my heart is like when, you know, businesses like this, they're just ready. Like they've got momentum, they've got yeah. excitement and then boom, this, this, you know, this crap pandemic happens and like, are they going to recover? Is it going to be what it was? Like, could it be, you know, as big as it could have been if this didn't happen? It's, you know, it's, it's such a bummer. It's such a fucking bummer. It sucks. It really does suck. But, you know, I mean, the strange part is it might, it might kill out some of the big competition because there's big companies going out of business every day. You know, yeah. I mean, you, too. you mentioned Macy's. I don't know how well they're doing, but I think there's speculation about them right now. You know, well, Penny went out, right? J. Crew. Yep. Yeah, it's crazy. So there's a lot of them going out of the apparel, you know, space. So maybe there's there'll be a bigger piece for the uh, little guys to suck up. The oh, scrappy yeah. up and comers, yeah. I hope so for him. Yeah, totally. Yeah. 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 So there so when is Killington official reopening then for mountain biking? Uh I believe it's June sixth, I'm pretty sure. Because okay. they, they were on June first, but I think they pushed it back a week. But right. it's it's been a little unclear because the governor kind of pushed it back a whole nother month, which is a bummer. Yeah. But re- retail was open, was able to open today. So a lot of the big shops up here open. Oh, that's good. Cool. Yeah. Because I guess Vermont really wasn't affected. They're not, well, they were affected obviously, but it wasn't minimal. Nearly. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, so you don't have all the big crowds, big populations, you know, like New York and, and Boston got in the area. Yeah. Well, that was the other thing. If Killington opens, everybody's going to flood up here, you know? Like yeah, especially that was the biggest worry. And that's one of the things we talked to 
to Brian, the, uh, the physical therapist from up there, he was saying that there was a lot of folks, you know, Jersey, New York plates who were getting harassed by locals, you know, like, what are you doing up here? Like, you don't belong up here. It's like, there were some bad fights down in Rutland. Actually. Was there? Oh, well. Yeah. One, one guy, of course, from Jersey, um, wiped out the whole, um, Hannaford down here. And really? just, really? it was like late March. So things were just really picking up yeah. and uh, he just came out with like three grocery carts. I mean, these people can barely afford one and he's just coming out and putting everything in the back of his van. And some guy like went up to him and like beat the shit out of him in the parking lot. Really? Oh yeah. So when we first got up here full time, which was late March, we were like, you know, get to the driveway as quickly as we can with Jersey plates. Seriously. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, I just registered my truck up here. Yeah. It's nuts. Oh, did you? It's nuts. Yeah, the fake plates on. We it's were, cheaper anyway. We were joking. We're like, "Hey, man, you should be uh, to, the, to the Brian." We're like, "You should be selling some old Vermont plates like at the border." You know, you probably make a pretty <laughs> penny these days. Seriously, yeah, they got signs all over when he crossed in from uh, was it one forty nine out of Lake George? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Hey, yeah. I see it down here in Florida, all New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, a lot of Pennsylvania down here. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah, we'll, we'll get through this. COVID, yeah, the COVID we travel. We do. We're gonna get through this. It's gonna be okay eventually. Yeah. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, next season's gonna be totally salvaged. We'll see. We're not oh. scientists, obviously. We have no idea what we're talking about. We're not virologists. Well, is that what they call them? May need to hoard some apparel, gear, bikes, and skis. That that's the next thing. I mean, that's Once the toilet paper is settled. It's it's gonna be. The bikes well, and skis. I, I, whenever they talk about toilet paper, I will always bring up the bidet as well. With the bike, it's going to be tough to to still call the bidet the best <laughs> lockdown purchase, the best quarantine purchase. The, bidet, the bidet on the bike. Dude, I go. don't. I seriously Same. don't know how I'm, I'm going to go back. Fresh. I don't know how if I can go back to life without a bidet. Like, I, if I have to go back to an office and there's not one there, I'm going to go to HR. Like, this right, is your unacceptable. Chair, bidet. That's not a bad idea. That's really not a dish. What's that sound? And that aroma. That's right. Bidet. Bidet. You pull it in your house, Brad? What's that? You put a bidet in your house? Well, I got I got like the ghetto bidet lid. The attachment thing. The attachment. Yeah. It's the thing that was on Instagram all the time. That like, uh, I forget the name. You can call it a bidet. Over. It's just a tube that squirts water on your ass. Not in it, my friend. I Up just, it. Let's call it what it is. It's a tube that squirts water on in your ass. I'm not the most <laughs> mechanically capable person, but I was able to take the lid off, install this thing, actually drill the hole in my uh, the the cabinet thing for the sink and hook the hose up. Because I got the fancy one with the Perfect. warm water hookup. I don't want Ooh. just cold water. I want the water. I want the temperature control. Especially up in Jersey. Can you imagine like a nice 14 degree day? You get that bidet, the cold one. <sighs> oh, yeah. no. I got the warm warm water shooting up there. <laughs> and you know what? It's just, you feel, you just feel so much cleaner. Like you're not shoving paper up there like an animal. It's just, it was a fantastic purchase. It was like one of the best $80 purchases ever. 80 bucks, not bad. And not I checked, bad. they were sold out. You mentioned this like what, three weeks ago you told me? Four weeks, even longer? I've been mentioning it every week for the last two months <laughs> since I purchased the thing and installed it. Sold out still. I'm ready to buy that fancy $500 toilet seat with the dryer in it because that the one just Japanese seems like toilet. a total game Japanese changer. Toilet. That's yeah. the sponsor you need right there. Oh, 
Oh. Why have we not reached out to the toilet people? Seems like some Japanese name that we can't pronounce, like Oyocho <laughs> or whatever, you know? Dude, if you go onto Amazon and type in bidet, there's one of those Japanese toilets. It's like two grand. Yeah. <laughs> That's the real deal. That's not fucking around. You're going to have Japanese... De- it's not even gold. You know, <laughs> de- delegates in from Japan. You better get that damn toilet and install it. <laughs> I just... You never watch those, like... uh DIY shows with like redoing houses. I'm mean, like, I'm seeing these people putting in normal <laughs> toilets. I'm like, what's Put wrong a bidet with in every house? That'll be your signature. Yeah. I want a dining room with just bidet chairs. <laughs> I don't want to interrupt conversations to go to the bathroom. I want, I want it right there. That's hey, you, you get a big screen and you get your bidet set up right there. Nobody's got to leave. Even better, movie theaters, movie theater ah. chairs with the bidet built in. There you go. <laughs> You don't want to be at Frozen 2 and then like all of a sudden it's right at the end part and you have to go leave and take your kid to the bathroom. That's how I saw Frozen 2 the first time. He had to go to the bathroom and I missed uh, the end of Frozen missed, 2. Oh missed my. the big end. Uh, Things were still frozen. But <laughs> if we had the bidet uh, movie chair there, that's probably what like uh, LeBron James has at his house. I would think. think probably. Yeah. I think King James has a, a big, big throne. He probably has a big throne. Now he probably He's has like a coming to America set up. He has like wipers and stuff, like people. <laughs> like people. <laughs> people who wipe for him. <laughs> Come and wipe for me. <laughs> Take a bath. Yeah. <laughs> so as things go with this podcast, Mike, it has spiraled way out of control, way other opposite weird, crazy directions. But you know what? This is what we do. We do. This That's is what cool, we have man. fun doing. <laughs> so from toilets to Teresia. Now they yeah. you met those guys. They're part of the collective too, right? They are. That's what's cool. Yeah. It's like this weird inner circle I fell into this year. Yeah. Nice. So yeah. So to just elaborate, they're a small like outerwear company out of New Hampshire. Uh, he started a few years ago. He's actually from Hawaii. Eric's his name, the founder. And, uh, yeah. So right now they're just jackets. They actually have really nice stuff, super techie stuff. And, um, so I got hooked up with them in February and, yeah, they they were just looking for content for stuff online. So he just sent me a few coats, and we've been taking pictures for them and putting them in our videos and shit. So it's oh, been very nice. Awesome. Very cool. We're coming out with a bunch of new stuff next year too, like some down coats and bottom shells, which is sweet. So nice. But, yeah, and it's cool to be able to push them too in the new shop with Ryan, which is sweet. So yeah, I love the whole concept of the collective too. I mean, as well. All, as well. all these uh, all these like smaller companies that you know couldn't afford retail space if they were on their own just kind of working and building each other up you know because at the end of the day like that's what we're all doing in this industry you know we all love skiing and everything about it and you know try to get into biking because it's a complimentary sport but you know the people you talk to and you meet on the mountain i mean they're like the most fun interesting great people and you know if you can help someone in that industry build their dream and find their vision. I mean, what's better than that? You know, when we're all kind of working in that direction together, it's just, uh, there's nothing like it. Yeah. yeah. It's sweet. Very yeah. Cool. It, it's hard to buy a big name coat now, to be honest, after meeting him. It's oh, like, really? why would I want to buy like a Helly Hansen or a, you know, North face coat? It's like yeah. worth the small guy and it's just as good. So, right. It's yeah. so crazy to even imagine, you know, I, and I love that he did this. It's like, I couldn't imagine like, Oh, I want to start an out outerwear company. Like you got to find fabrics, you got to find a manufacturer. Like it just seems yep. 
to a dummy like me, it seems so daunting. The idea of, of, of just getting it's, all those moving yeah. parts to create, because I'm sure he came up with like, you know, several concepts and prototypes. And I, I just, I love that. Yeah. I mean, if, if you looked at it and didn't see the name, I mean, I would think it's a North Face coat. Easy. Like it's, it's nice stuff. Like it's, you know, it looks nice like stuff. it could be like, yeah, Philo, Arcteric, any of that stuff. Right. Yeah. Their, their website definitely needs a little work, but like they're definitely gaining some traction this year and it's been cool to work with them for sure. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and they're totally psyched about it too. Like it's not like Ryan as well. They're not like, you know, lousy about getting things going for their company. They're just totally psyched, which is cool to see as well. But nice. yeah, they're all, yeah. They, they believe in it, you know, so they're hustling and grinding oh, yeah. and pushing it, which is cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just like you nice. you're hustling grinding getting this experience like I'm trying man I'm trying i love it you know it's like uh seeing you do what you do inspires us too because you know we're obviously right. we're trying to do like the reverse like we've done the bullshit co- corporate careers and now <laughs> we're trying to to grind our way back to the grassroots and and you know to build up something new which is you know it's tough but you know what it's it's rewarding yeah totally totally so any uh any final thoughts shout outs any uh any places you want people to check out your stuff yes i mean we're just get stoked productions on instagram no underscores nothing like that just get stoked productions and we're also on youtube so if you want to subscribe to us online uh we're on there but uh yeah that's basically it if you want to come see us i'm working with ryan up in killington should be open soon but very cool man yeah, you guys get to get out there, rent some bikes. Actually, Brian, you don't have to rent a bike, but Mario, you do. <laughs> yeah. Do some downhill bike and it'd be fun. Good downhill. What's that? that? That sounds awesome. Yeah. Is yeah. the umbrella bar open in the summertime? It is. It, it is. is. Look at that. It is. And Ryan right. is the, might is be the a little summer trip. The king of the umbrella bar. So, you know. Ryan yeah. <laughs> yeah, Ryan runs the place. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. yeah. Did he ever just, end up giving out? Any of those uh, 21 clubs, those cards? That's a good question. I'm not sure. Because of the whole freaking stupid coronavirus thing. I know uh, he had a whole big plan to get those 21 club memberships yeah. out there. I'm going to ask. Now. That's a good question. Yeah. That's a good question. These but, are the yeah. hard, hard hitting so- uh, questions we ask here. <laughs> <laughs> People want to yeah. know. People are waiting on those. Yeah, I'm sure he will. He he just came out with a couple of new designs. He has one Killington for Vermont Adaptive. I saw that. That was really yeah. cool. The contest yeah. that they had. Yeah, we've been swamped, man, with orders. Swamped. Really? Oh, oh yeah. I oh, love yeah. that. That's beautiful. Yeah, it comes in at the end of the month, so it should be cool. Very cool. Yeah. Well, yeah. If uh, if you guys do post anything, just tag us, and we're we're happy to to repost. Well, yeah, dude, Ryan yeah. just posted something about uh, reopening. Oh yeah. Okay. Nice. A few minutes ago. Beautiful. Nice. So we're going to get through this. You know, we got to stay positive. We got to stay vigilant and remain calm. Yeah. Calm. Just hope we're on the snow, man. Soon enough, my friend, soon enough. Yeah. All right, Mike. Well, thank you so much for your time. Really do appreciate it. And thank you so much for getting me that hookup for that bike. It's uh, it's been a blast so far. Anytime, man. Thank you guys. Thank you. It's All good right, talking to you, man. Uh, hopefully, I'll get a face-to-face one day. You got it. Yeah, Make thanks. It happen. Yeah. All right, Mike. Thanks so much. Take it easy, man. See you guys. If you want to check out any information on Mike, you can go either to his 
Instagram, Instagram.com slash get stoked productions, or we'll have the info linked on our site, skibumpodcast.com. Under the ropes. You want to start this one off there, Mario? I get started out. Sounds pretty good. Because you're looking to go on a vacation in August. I am. This you actually came up as something that I sent to her. She's like, oh, should we talk about this? I'm like, yeah, well, after the podcast. <laughs> Alrighty. Go ahead. All right. So under the ropes, we got first up Carnival Cruise bookings surged 600% after announcing August relaunch. Now, I don't know about rushing right out there. It's a great deal uh, for a lot of the stuff that's going on. I actually get these. Um, so Virgin started a Virgin Voyages. And I like Richard Branson. I like the whole Virgin brand. And I don't know if they actually started sailing yet, but they were getting ready to sail. And they had like, if you look at, at Virgin, they actually have these um, weekends where they were going to have like Diplo and some of these big uh, DJs out on the boat. And it was going to be like cool, cool sailings and everything's swanky. There's no kids on those, those things. Um, but it's funny that they were ready to launch. And I think Corona just like killed everything. So they couldn't actually start their voyages. Uh, but not of that, I mean, these companies are making a, a shit ton of money, uh, you know, and now they're making none. Uh, and then there was the whole debacle of like trying to get people back that were out at sea when people started closing down countries and coronavirus. But right now there's, uh, people are saying, are just, they're saying everything skyrocketed 600% over three days after the announcement. Uh, they're saying, they're saying that was in comparison to the D- three days prior to the announcements. So it's basically people that were waiting to pull the trigger once they announced that like they're, they're back sailing again. So I think people uh, got their uh, Corona or uh, cares act refund checks and are like, true too. where are we going? We're going to carnival, going on the yeah, carnival cruise. That's true. They're saying they're offering an eight day cruise for 519 fucking dollars. Yup. So that is bananas. There's a lot of reduced rates. They're doing uh, crazy. Like, cancellation out op- they have different cancellation options now so there's a lot of changes going on dude think about that a five or an eight day cruise for 519 dollars dude you can you can just go out to restaurants for breakfast lunch and dinner for eight days in a row and it'll cost you more than it would to just go on this cruise oh yeah dude think about it. okay eight days $519. Imagine you go on four of those. That's a month. That's $2,000. How many people have larger than $2,000 mortgages or rents? You just just live on just a goddamn cruise boat. ship. Just live on live a cruise on the ship. Boat. Well, think about it. That's not just rent. That's food. That's everything. Food, everything. Entertainment. There's no booze exercise. Included, though. No booze. So you go, you know, you don't drink any booze. <laughs> and why would you go on a cruise? <laughs> Exactly. If you're not, why would you go on a cruise and not drink? That's like uh, hunting sober. That's like fishing sober. (laughs) (laughs) So eh, the weird part is, though, now Carnival is facing a congressional investigation for its handling of coronavirus outbreaks on its ships. So 
I don't know if they're just trying to get their industry and their brand back up and running again. Uh, but it's interesting to see. I think a lot of the cruise lines are, are offering stuff. So, um, you know, if you have the money and that, that's the thing, like a lot of people are, it's going to be, a, I don't know. It's going to be a crazy thing. You had the, uh, chairman of the fed was on dateline. Did you hear about that? With the whole, uh, it was 60 minutes. Oh, 60 minutes. They're like, yeah, we'll just print as much money as we have to. Yeah. Print as much money and everybody's going through it. So it shouldn't be that bad. Everybody's trying to just bounce this back up as quickly as possible. The stock but, market goes up a thousand points today. They're like, yeah, we're good to go. I, I said think, so. Yeah. I mean, I think the scary part is, and this is where you got to watch Joker because it actually comes at a good time. So I don't want to spoil the movie for you, but it's like, it, it's a good premise. But, uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of people that don't have money. They don't have a job right now. So I think that's the other thing they're thinking of before they realize they don't have a job or income coming in. Book a cruise with us right now. You know? So we'll see how this plays out. But if you're looking for a deal, Carnival's... <laughs> Shit, you want to cheat? If you're looking for a deal and to possibly get the coronavirus, <laughs> Carnival Cruise Lines could be your your. Uh, if you had the coronavirus already, <laughs> how is this not a good deal, right? I mean, you're losing money not going on this cruise. Let's be exactly. honest. Exactly, they should pay you to go on the cruise. So it's, it's like the price of oil when coronavirus hit. It was negative. Was it minus ten dollars a barrel? So they would pay you ten dollars to take a barrel of oil. Beautiful. It's free. Take it. Yeah. Right. Space Force. Space Force. Remember the goddamn Space Force? Oh, I never forgot about it. <laughs> they are launching their robotic X-37D space plane on a new mystery mission. A mystery mission? I like that. I know, right? It's a mission of mystery. Mission so they can't tell us where it's going? Uh, they have actually just launched their sixth mystery mission from Florida on fr- uh, Saturday, not Sunday, the 17th, riding atop a United Launch Alliance Atlas V rocket. The clandestine craft blasted off from Space Launch Complex 41 at Cape Canaveral Air Force Station at 9.14 a.m., the on-time liftoff occurred just 24 hours after poor weather conditions at the Florida launch site forced ULA to scrub its original launch attempt. Damn. While the X-37B's exact purpose is a secret, Space Force officials have revealed that the craft is packing numerous experiments on this trip to test out different systems in space. Some of those experiments include a small satellite called Falcon Sat 8 two NASA payloads designed to study the effects of radiation on different materials, as well as seeds to grow food and a power beaming experiment using microwave energy. What the fuck could that be? That's going to blow up all the other satellites and then bomb Russia. That's what it's going to do. Power beaming experiment using microwave energy. King John Hill is going to just blow up. And you know why? I don't know. Space force. Maybe they're going to just use that to fire microwaves into a field of corn and make popcorn. Popcorn. That would be pretty awesome, right? There you go, Monsanto. How do you like your popcorn now, bitches? Feed the homeless that way. (laughs) Oh, that's right. Just people sleeping in bales of like popcorn. (laughs) I was thinking about this today. Popcorn. 
So you have little kernels, you put some heat to it, boom, pops, popcorn. Why not like pop steaks? Hmm. Put a little like, heat to it. And boom, you got a steak. Or like pop burgers. See, we didn't invent popcorn. That was like just what happens by nature when the shit dries out and you should put heat to it. But like an old cow, like jerky, like pop steaks. Oh, maybe with jerky. Pop with jerky. jerky. Pop steaks. Perky. Pop jerky. <laughs> It's perky. Yeah, these little space planes are going to, like, they're going to fuck something up. They don't look like they're just kind of out there hanging out. They look like the guns are coming out. Do you remember that movie Event Horizon? Where, like, they created that, like, they, they, I forget why, but the ship was trying to go, I think, through, like, light speed and went through hell. It was actually oh, it went a through weird... a, a, It went through a um, black hole black hole and it was like it went through hell though yes i get, I get the, the goosebumps hole. i have goosebumps thinking about that movie it was so it was creepy and weird but good it was like lawrence fishburne was in it like it was a good movie like, i think about that what if we're like opening a portal to hell that you know what i think about when i see this shit starship troopers <laughs> starship troopers bugs coming at us man we gotta <laughs> smash the bugs space bugs space bugs coming at us Doogie Hauser. Do that's right, Doogie. <laughs> NPH. <laughs> NPH. Yeah, Denise Richards before Charlie Sheen ruined her. Oof. Right? She was hot Gave back her that then. Tiger blood, yeah. And then and then she got with Charlie. She was like, God damn, girl, what happened to you? I don't know. Co- cocaine's a hell of a drug. <laughs> cocaine's a hell of a drug. Yeah, these little ships are coming out. I think they're gonna destroy some other satellites. There's a lot of space junk out there anyway. Yeah, they said there is a ton of space junk. Yeah, they really need to to get some, like a recycling plant, perhaps. So how much there. money could we make sending up a rocket just to eat up all the satellites up there and bring that shit down and be like, all right, who wants to buy some gold out of this? Like, they make electronics out of all this, like, precious metals. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, they're saying there's that, isn't it like a an asteroid just full of gold? Really? The gold yeah. asteroid? Gold or uh, no, it was all diamonds, wasn't that it? Huh, a comet or an asteroid that was all diamonds. And they said if they could just get that and just pull it down, pull it down. Like, I have any knowledge, the of beers how would be works. out of business, right? The the diamond yes. cartel would never let that happen. That's right, those goddamn blood diamond fucks, they'd find a way to blow it up in space. <laughs> Somebody that's, would blow that shit up. That's so. If you love, if if you're buying that ring you bought for Melanie. Yep. Part of that money is going to De Beers' mission to blow up that asteroid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're tagging all of their extra extra money and trying to create a missile to blow that diamond asteroid up. Exactly. And I'm like buying the diamond. I'm like, this is blood diamond, right? They're like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm like, good, good. This qu- like, can we see the picture of the like six year old who helped mine this diamond? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, twenty hours a day to mine this diamond. Oh, I want. Okay, great. It comes with the picture. The bloodier the diamond, the better. Oh, horrible. Yep. Horrible. But yeah, they blow that shit up. Goddamn Space Force. They're out there fucking shit up already. Space Force. They gotta have like a cool salute. Not like the regular, like, they gotta have something cool. They have something, I don't know, do something like this. How about like that? But like, yeah. <laughs> Space Force. That is not cool. Like this. 
<laughs> it's not cool at all. But that'd be funny if they did shit like that. Wasn't that like the Spaceballs thing? They were like... <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, goddamn Spaceballs. Spaceballs. Spaceballs, Space Force. There you go. You got a lot of balls, Space Force. Just make balls it Space Force. Balls Force. <laughs> force balls. We are Balls Force. Balls Force. Yeah, it's not bad stuff, man. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, I guess that wraps up the old podcast for the week. Thanks again to Mike for joining us for the interview. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. If you want more information, check us out. SkiBump.com. We've got the shop there. SkiBumpPodcast.com slash shop. We're also on the socials, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at SkiBumpPodcast. Look for us on your favorite podcasting app. If you could rate us and subscribe, we'd really appreciate it. YouTube, Instagram, Spotify, Stitcher. If you want to send us an email, if you want some free stickers, hit us up, skibumpodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on Instagram on our DMs. That wraps it up. We will try to get another podcast out this week. If not, have a wonderful Memorial Day. Get out there and do some uh, skiing if you can, and we will talk to you next week. Stay high, stay fluting. See ya.